everybody. Welcome to another edition of Frame Trap, a podcast where we talk about video games and whatever other things fly into our brains. There was some hot wrestling talk right before we hit record. <laughs> Shane McMahon injured. That was going to be my cue up, dude. I was going to do that. <laughs> you ruined it. Ruining cue ups. At the end there, can barely contain himself. We've got Michael Huber. Braun! <laughs> Right next to him, Bradley Ellis. Me to face. <laughs> so anime. I feel like I should understand these things, but I have no idea. Me to face is the most anime. Yeah. Me to face? Me, Me to, to face. face. I mean, is it as exactly as it sounds? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm your host, Ben Moore. It should be a fun episode today. We're recording this. Uh, in the evening on Easter. Yeah. yeah. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter. Yeah. We're spending our Easter with Frame Trap. Yeah, really cool. I'm sorry, family. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, family. None of my family's out here, so at least at least I got that to fall back on. That's okay. Uh, really cool. Uh, Easter costumes in Fortnite. It's like an Easter bunny with a Jason Voorhees mask. He was, Do you have that? It's like 15 bucks. And my friend Do bought it. Do you have that? My friend already bought it before me. So <laughs> like, eh, it ruins the specialness. Yeah. 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 Nick bought it. Come on, Nick. Yeah. Come on, Nick. Uh, speaking of Easter, that's a holiday I never, ever, ever talk about with the Allies. Do you guys celebrate Easter usually? Do you hang out with family, friends? One of my favorite chill? things of all time growing up was doing the Easter egg hunt at yeah. Big Wheel Park. Yes. Big Wheel Park, Ben. This like legendary, <laughs> mythic park by my house growing up. For whatever reason... Rarely, rarely found myself in Big Wheel Park. You know, when you're really young, you're like, home base is such a small square footage. Yeah. But every Easter, they would have a, a Easter egg hunt there. And this park was just like, it's it's a small park, but they have a road, like a, a track, mm-hmm. where you could rent out and like bike on little, little, little bike tricycle things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were like tunnels and little caves mm-hmm. uh, and little little like a, like a jungle gym. And they would hide uh, Easter eggs all throughout there. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was great. I'd love to do an Easter egg hunt with the allies. Me too. Love Easter egg hunts. Tournament night. Because you would have all the personalities coming through. Like, I think you would be really excited about it. I think Brad would yeah. be into it. I think Blood would do really well. And then, like, of course, Damiani and Kyle would fight each other. Yeah. Know, like, set up traps. Set up tra- <laughs> actual dead yeah. is a bear yeah. trap. Like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up the Easter egg hunt because there are several things in my childhood that were there when I was extremely young, like three or four. But by the time I was old enough to actually go and appreciate them, like, when I was extremely young, I had, like, arcades in my town. Yeah. And then by the time I got to be, like, eight, nine, ten... There were no arcades anymore, mm. and like all of the cool games that I used to love were gone, and that was kind of a bummer. But but at least you got to experience arcades. I did, yeah. Cherish that, yeah. Uh, Cherish it. We had some pretty good arcades around here. Oh, yeah. we were. Yep. So we got lucky on that front. I mean, you still have good arca- arcades here out in California. Yeah, I go to. Yeah, ra- yeah. I I was at round one last weekend. Um, Damn, had a good cool. time. Yeah, nice played some stuff. Uh, they have this big Pac-Man versus that you can play. Mm. We did that with four people. That's sick. Yeah. Well, Pac-Man. The last Easter question that I have before we get rolling into our list of games. Rolling, 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 rolling. Cadbury cream eggs. Love them. Do you? But only around this time. Okay. I feel that way about eggnog and Christmas. Yeah. You know, 
it's a it's a, a seasonal treat. Mm, you know, you yeah. won't find me in the dead of summer sucking on some cr- cr- uh, Cadbury <laughs> egg. You know, so yeah, just for Easter. See, I've I've gone up and down. I had them so much it was like almost uh, this unspoken family tradition. Like there were always Cadbury cream eggs around Easter time, and I would eat them. I'd be like, man, this is this is too much. Mm-hmm. This is too much. <laughs> Thick liquid in my mouth at the moment. I can't handle it. Yep. But I haven't had a Cadbury cream egg in years. It's probably been oh, you gotta go back like five years. I've had I'll try to bring cream. some of the group stream. Bring some of the group stream. Yeah, try it live. Yeah. Are there there are different flavors? It's like now chocolate too, right? ones now and caramel. I just I want think. the OG. Yeah. I just want classic. the OG. OG. Up. Yeah. Yeah. We got some news to talk about. This sometimes uh, I'm editing a frame trap. Or I'm doing timestamps or whatever. I'm like, man, there's so many timestamps. We talked about a lot of games. I think this is going to be one of those frame traps where we don't have a lot of games, but the games that we're talking about, we got some things to say. Some heavy hitters. Yeah, we have some heavy hitters. The first one I want to open up with, just because I'm curious and haven't been able to play that much, is Nino Kuni 2. Yeah! Brad... You are speaking with a lot of enthusiasm about Nino Kuni 2. It's a game you've been looking forward to. Yeah. And it's a yeah. game that you are getting near the end of based mm-hmm. on our pre-podcast mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? Tell me about uh, it. Good. Feeling real good about it. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with the original Nino Kuni. I never finished it, so I don't know. But Nino Kuni definitely has like a special kind of vibe to it, especially with like the Ghibli art style. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like... A PS1-esque RPG in our modern era, especially because of how the world map is laid out. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like my impressions of what uh, Suikoden is, kind of like having your town and building it up. And it kind of reminds me, like, yeah. I've been playing this game and I'm remembering Dark Cloud a lot when playing this game. Especially Dark Cloud 1, because I played that one the most. Just like a brief vibes of even like running and how the character runs and the camera angle it reminds me of Dark Cloud a lot. So it's hitting a lot of it's hitting a lot of like nostalgia familiar, mar- familiar marks for me. Places. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the the story is it's um it's not like crazy like whoa the story's nuts, but it's like right. solid. It gives you motivation to continue your adventure. There's some twisted turns that you kind of expect from there, but yeah, I feel it's strong enough and engaging enough to want to keep going. Yeah, I, I've got a couple of questions based on that description. My first question is, I've I've seen people compare it uh, to Suicoden, and I'm going mm-hmm. uh, through Suicoden right now on stream. Yes. Uh, and when I was at the preview event, I was at the introduction of the town building, and it seemed really cool. It seemed like mm-hmm. you could go a lot of different directions with your town. It seemed like so many of the side quests were about recruiting yes, more people that's like what most to make your are. town bigger and better. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things in the preview phase where I was thinking, this has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it keeping your attention so uh, far into yes. the game? Right is now, it meaningful? Right now at home, I'm collecting gold for my town. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving it on and just racking up cash. I wish you could earn money when the thing is off. Like it, it's yes, so it's, it's, archaic it's very and annoying like, that you have so to leave your system. It's on. very much like Bravely <laughs> Default. Do you okay. remember that kind of building thing? Like that it reminds me of that a lot. Yeah, how you like do stuff. So I like the town building system, but I kind of wish there's a few other things. Like I wish so when you build your town in this game, you have all the shops, all that good stuff. But I really wish you could design the town in the layout you wanted. For example, like everything goes in a certain spot, no matter mm-hmm. what. You don't have a choice of how you want it to look. I kind of wish there's a little more flexibility with how you build the town, but 
it's all about kind of like building your town, leveling your town up, getting new citizens. What are so by by investing all these resources, yes. what are you getting out of your so town? So for example, you could like there's a weapon shop they could do too build better weapons and mm -hmm. there's like certain tiers you do research and unlock new tiers of like better weapons and stuff like that there's uh, also like shops like hey you build this thing you do research that like, research is like kind of like to get new abilities from your town yeah there's like ones hey you'll get more xp now hey this will help you in your little battle thing like that you'll get like you uh, unlocked like a music guide where you can go listen to the music of the game all the soundtrack all the songs and stuff like that just little things like here and there um, there was one where you can like walk faster in the open world. Yeah, you can like you get the yes, same. You can walk little, a little faster. Yeah. You can get yes. something like, hey, you're you're you, you'll get a boat in the game. <clears throat> so whatever, you, your boat might sail a little faster. Stuff like that. Sure. Small things that add up to a lot is what it sounds yes. like. Yeah. Yeah. There's like shops here where you can get like items every now and then. So you are you, right now at Bradley Ellis's home. Mm -hmm. You are collecting money. Does that mean that the economy is demanding enough that you need a lot of money in I, order to I, upgrade I, things? I, I think you could. You don't have to for a mm -hmm. lot of. The, I think there is a point in the game where you need something at a certain rank. I'm not there yet, but that's what I've been told. So I think there's like somewhat of a gate there, but I've been doing it just because I'm having fun doing it. I see. You like, like to like, see the numbers. Yeah, go. I'm like watching the numbers go, watching my town look awesome. Sure. Just looking at everyone I doing just, stuff. I really wish you could earn money when it was turned off. Yeah. Because there's a there's but a it's cap. Like, you can increase the cap of how much but you it's can like earn. You, like if you're just playing through the game, you'll get enough probably so you won't be a hampered, like sure, stunned yeah. for, or if like you need hindered it, from it as so much. Yeah. If you're like stuck or something, but then I'm you just can like, leave I'm like on. going for like just maxing out my whole town right now because I'm having yeah. fun doing it. So, so Huber, you've gone on record multiple times saying how much you value a player customization, player housing, mm -hmm. and economy, specifically yeah. in RPGs. How are you? Is that itch being scratched in Nino Kuni 2? It is. Uh, I'm only I have I have all the buildings I can. Yeah, up, you're not that far yet. Up until like I've maxed everything out up until I need the level two kingdom. Mm -hmm. I'm at level one still. I'm yeah. like I'm like fifteen hours in or so. Ten hours in maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh like chapter five. Um I love it. I wish I couldn't exploit it by keeping the system on because just like there's these caps of how well, much money you can make in an hour. So it's like Okay, well, after a couple hours, I'll make this much. If the system was off, I wouldn't worry about it. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to make that much. Next time I hop on, I'll have that exact mm -hmm. amount ready to go. Now it's this weird time where it's like, oh, well, I don't have really time to play any games right now. But, you know, I'm going to get dinner in like an hour. Maybe I'll just leave my Nino Kuni on. Right. So it seems really like it, mm -hmm. like you can exploit it. Um, and it, yeah, it's just weird. It feels very mobile, like in that design. Yeah. Kind of thing like that. But. I haven't been to a part yet where I'm like, God, this sucks. This is annoying for me because I'm like, I am doing it every it's, now and, and then. it's all bonus. It's a bonus for me. Like what I'm doing is a bonus. It's not necessary that I've run into yeah. yet. No, is it not necessary, but it's not impeding you from having fun in the more correct and the other more and like, basic. And like Nino Kuni is a much larger game than just that aspect of exactly. it. Sure, exactly. exactly. Uh, you you talked about uh, producing weapons in your kingdom, and it seems like you get a lot of weapons in Nino Kuni yeah. too. Um, you're switching between them because I feel of like the... you get a lot more at the be near the beginning parts of the game, okay. then it really slows down. Do you feel like the stuff that you're making, you're you're excited about, and is powerful in terms of weapons? kind of. I haven't like made anything where I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. Okay. Because like I still have things to like to get unlock. I guess like that. I feel like most of that satisfaction would come from like end game, post game stuff. Because I think there's like somewhat post game maybe. So if, like you're looking for like the crazy weapons to fight like a really intense boss or something like that. 
Right. Uh, the big complaint that I've seen circling the internet is that Nino Kuni 2 is far too easy. Yeah. So easy that it is detracting from your I will say the, the difficulty does kick up at a certain point okay. where I was like, so like enemies are divided up like if they're like normal level, they're gray. Then if they're higher level than you, they're like orange and they go to red. Mm-hmm. I was going to like a spot in the story where I went to an area and there's a, a huge level jump. I was like, whoa, why are all these guys so high level right now? Right. Where it was like a little tougher, yeah. But it's not like, I mean, this game's not like super tough. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been like, oh, this game's too easy for me right now. Like, I'm not having fun. Like, I'm still having fun doing it, though. Sure. I think it's a little too easy for me so far, really. Just, you know. Yeah, you're not at that point yet. Like, uh, balance is such a crazy thing in video games. Mm. And finding that perfect balance is so hard. That's why I always come back to Dragon Quest Eight Because every single fight throughout the entire game is tough. You can be, you can be fighting trash in the woods and if you get a couple bad rolls with the RNG or right. like, you know, they call for reinforcements or like mm-hmm. it's it's always you're always one step away in Dragon Quest 8 from things going terribly wrong. And it doesn't build <laughs> up to that. It's not like this long yeah. gestation period where it's like mm-hmm. okay, now we're taking the kitty gloves off yeah. and yeah, immediately Dragon in Dragon Quest 8 yeah. that first cave that you go into if yeah. you're not prepared, you can be so Destroyed. Again, I'm early, uh, but I'm just mowing through. Yeah, mowing it's through super, like yeah. super easy early game. But as of as I've gotten older, and as of, as we've had so many great games, and it's just constantly there's a hundred great games you can play at any given moment. Uh, easy games don't bother me as much as they did when I was younger. You know, I am totally fine and cool with being overpowered in a game, going through having a good time. Right, uh, but. To be fair, you know, when they nail that balance and it is perfect mm-hmm. and you do kind of struggle to get through, uh, it, it is more meaningful mm-hmm. for me and I, I do get more out of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, the difficulty is reaction to one, Neo Kuni one, how people were complaining is too hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that a lot when that game came out. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't played through Neo Kuni it one since it came out, but I don't remember. I remember there being a couple of spikes in here, though, but I don't remember yeah. it being... Mm-hmm. The end game, the end game was, sure. or then like near the end of the game, sure, was sure, like sure. really hard. I mean, yeah, it wasn't Dragon Quest Eight where you fight Dolmagus and it's insanely hard out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, with Nino Kuni Two, a question that I have is: Do you think a lot of these complaints about it being too easy are coming from the fact that the combat system isn't interesting enough? That there's not enough. I think the combat system's interesting on? enough. I think it's good enough. What do you What do you think makes it good? I think the game gives you like a lot of freedom, especially in like your movement. So I like, so the game is, uh, instead of like familiars like there was in the first game, it's like you're playing as the characters now, you're moving around through the map, you're able to dodge, it's much more action RPG, which I like. Mm-hmm. You kind of have like your skill menu, you can hold up and get like skills and you can change them out or anything like that. It's, it's simple, but it's not overly complicated where I'm just like really having to focus. Like I remember when I was playing Xenoblade 2 and I would get a tutorial for like a move, I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, what is this? Like, right. I had to take time to figure out how to do something in Xenoblade 2. When I'm playing this, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. For now, it's just kind of like, hey, man, you you dodge out of the way. Like, all the bosses have, like, mechanics. You can move out of the way. It's it's hard to take. Or if you're, uh, if let's say if you, um, if you pay attention enough, you can avoid a lot of the danger instead of just, like, a wall of death you can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, there's a guy that's shooting fireballs at me, like weird, like Super Mario Brother lines where I was kind of like dodging or something like that. Just adding a little more action and um, player control to an, an encounter, I would say. Yeah, uh, a, a big reason why I have not 
gotten farther into it than I would like to uh, is because my girlfriend and I are playing it together, and this will be the first RPG that we're kind of committed to only progressing together with each other, and Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if she'll like it. Sure. The reason why we picked this one is I remember when I was at the preview event, and I saw Goldpaw, and it's I don't want to ruin it for people, but it's this the city of gambling, and every aspect of the city is informed by gambling, and the way that they calculate your debt oh, yeah. uh, with these birds and, and everything that was going on, it was just really... Magical. Like, it was magical. Mm-hmm. It was a, a, the kind of magic that you want in an RPG, where you go to a place that can only exist mm-hmm. in this fantastical realm, and you just kind of get swept up in, in something fantastical. And I remember really just my pants were charmed off when I first saw that, and hearing that the combat is too easy, I think that is absolutely a valid complaint. Sure. I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous that more of that game isn't voice acted. I think that is really mm-hmm. bizarre, uh, especially for something like this, with this level of production where I think the voice acting uh, in a lot of instances would add a lot. I'm, I'm never a huge fan of the, I'm going to say one word, but then oh, you have to read the, the rest. Text, yeah. Um, and so from a, from a presentation level, I think things could be better as well. But as long as... I'm going to these places, I'm meeting these characters that really feel like they they have this whole fantastical system that's kind of governing them, that's interesting Mm -hmm. to dig into and be a part of. I think I'm going to enjoy it. But I don't know if, you know, maybe it was just a vertical slice that I got and the other areas you go to aren't that interesting or, you know, the characters are bland Mm -hmm. or how do you feel from a... Character development and location perspective with Nino Kuni 2. I think uh, the locations are definitely varied and pretty interesting locations you're going to go to. I was still like, I was looking forward to going to new areas to see what it was like, kind of thing okay. like that. The other characters you get are okay. I'm not like blown away by their stories or anything like that. They're just, sure. they're just like, eh, all right. Yeah, whatever. I know. I'm surprised I'm not super obsessed with Batu. Mm, you know, sure, he's yeah. like the big. Yeah, it's like gruff. Yeah guy and i'm just like huh do you, do you feel like you're not obsessed with batu because the game doesn't do very much with him so it, far they yeah. don't they don't really do so much with them i okay. feel like yeah. oh, like roland gets more time i feel like sure yeah like batu so far again i'm only like 10 hours in but he just feels kind of like a like a guest rather than like a party member mm-hmm. you know so yeah do you, do you think that's because mm-hmm. they're focusing so much on Evan and Roland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. their story. Their, their relationship. Sure. Yeah. And, but do you think, th- the, the question is, is do you think the relationship between those two characters is strong enough that it's okay to let the other people kind of be in the background? I don't know if it's okay to necessarily let the other people go in the background. Mm-hmm. I think the game attempts to give them like an arc, I would say, for every like location you go to, kind of whenever you meet them, they, some sort of story where you're there with them. But it kind of, they kind of like, do stuff every now and then, but they definitely feel like they're less important than Evan and Roland. Sure. So, so yeah, the game focuses those on those two specifically way more than the others. Hubert, this was a game that before it came out, we were calling stores early to see if they had <laughs> yes. copies. You were really excited about yes. You just couldn't wait to get your hands I on it. I want to play right now. Uh, do you think it's lived up to that level of hype for you? Yeah, hundred percent. It has. Uh, I love this game. It like like you were saying just about just being on a journey mm-hmm. and like being you're having your pants charmed off, you know. Right. Like the style of this game is 
unlike any other game. You know, Nino Kuni, the Studio Ghibli vibe, has its own thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just a world I want to be in. It's an adventure I want to go on. And it's got towns. It's got economies. It's got some Naruto-style villain. So it has lived up to the hype, and uh, I want to keep going badly. Yeah. I want to play right now. Yeah, there, there are definitely moments where as a person who talks about and writes about games where I get I get so frustrated because, you know, you, you have this limited vocabulary with which to describe why something is mm-hmm. special. And I think about Nino Kuni 2, and I'm like, well, it's got charm and it's got warmth, but those words, those buzzwords mm-hmm. only go so far to describe like why you want to be a part of it. I think it is so hard to make a digital space that you want to keep returning to, you know, for more than a couple of hours. Yeah. It's like, it's like because the Higgledies are cute in this specific way (laughs) and they're being taken there, you meet them and you meet the old lady who's looking after him in this very cozy house. It's just those combinations of things make it so like yes at the end you just go it's cute but there's so much work that goes into yeah it has so many of my favorite things of all time and you know the main thing is like talking to people hearing their stories helping them out and then having them join your kingdom and i could do that forever Mm. you know if the game was like that's a big part of the game but if that was the only thing you did in the game i would be on board I love it. Just finding these people that are like trying to be artists Mm -hmm. or trying to prove themselves to their fathers or just all these little sub stories you get involved in. Uh, They have so much heart and it's it's easy to get latched onto. There was uh, some excitement before the game came out about, oh, look at the way that it's using this overworld with this 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 chibi style. Do you think the overworld in between the sections is interesting? Do you do you enjoy running? It's a lot to explore. Yeah, it's quite large. It's if you like those old school RPGs, like the old Final Fantasies, like that, where you have an overworld to explore. Kind of like the towns look really small. It's exactly like that. But there's there's definitely like little areas here and there that are hidden. There's treasures you can collect throughout the world. There's definitely areas of the map I haven't been to yet. The story hasn't taken me there yet. And I feel like I'm kind of at the end. So I feel like if you do the side quest kind of things, it gives you a little something extra. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the uh, military fights, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, really yeah. like those. Uh, there are spots on the world map, little flags that you can access. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get in, in battles with other armies. And it's like your kingdom versus theirs. And you have like little squads that you can rotate around Evan. Evan is in the middle Mm -hmm. and you have little squads that you can rotate with the trigger buttons. And there's like swordsmen's and and hammerers and archers and whatever, you know, magicians and whatever it may be. Uh, And then that folds back into the town. You know, you can level those up through the town, like your barracks or whatever. Yeah, you can Uh, recruit new people from doing quests to help you in your army. They have like different stuff like that. Different. You have like special moves you could do throughout combat to help you in these encounters too. And those like, are all really fun. And they yeah. see, a lot of them are optional too, which I love. Right. I love yeah. like I love really really challenging optional stuff. Most of them seem optional, right? There's now. like uh, tempered monster, <laughs> tempered <laughs> yeah. monsters that you can fight mm-hmm. throughout. So that are like way stronger. They're like yeah. protected in this like weird barrier, and you like go up to them and like even one that was the same level as me it was like insanely hard. You kind of so. just made me wish that you encountered tempered, tempered monsters, monsters yeah. from monsters. Like, oh, this is a bear Roth. Yeah. Let's go fight him, Evan. Uh, 
a question about the skirmishes, these these mm-hmm. RTS elements. Uh, when I was at the preview event, I I got to do mm-hmm. uh, one of them, and I was like, wow, you know, it's not too often that you would have something like this. Yeah, uh, it it seems like a cool cool idea, but I was worried, you know, because. You you auto attack and yes you do have special moves that you can do but do, do you feel like you have to actually be strategic yeah that it's not just like okay I'm I'm sleeping through these I did one that was like a little little higher than me it was like level nine I was level like six or seven or something mm-hmm. uh, and I died one time and I was like okay I think I'm doing something wrong and it's like you have to you have to be engaged enough mm-hmm. to like do your matchups you know like oh there's archers over there let's charge them with the swordsmen or like yo there's spear people there like let's get the hammers in there. So you have to be aware, you know, you can't just like autopilot through mm-hmm. unless you're obviously like higher level and then you can autopilot sure, through everything. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Are you enjoying Nino Kuni 2 enough that when you wrap up with the story, you're going to dig into post-game stuff and, and go after? I would like to see some of it. I don't know how long, how long realistically I would hang around because it seems like there's a lot of stuff to do in this game. Sure. And at a point, I kind of have to move on. Yeah. I just got to see how long it takes uh, this is the year of me just sticking with games. So I'm nice. at 100%. You're sticking thing. with games. Yeah. I'm sticking with games this year. Did you say you're going to 100% it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Not like Platinum Trophy, but oh, like I, I want to do all of the high-end monsters that's and the like, optional right? quests. That, that's like great. the Platinum Trophy then, yeah. it seems like. Cool. So I want to do I want to do all yeah. that stuff. I just want to try to finish as many exactly, games. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you crit path it... It's pretty like reasonable length, I think. Yeah. Damiani said it's like thirty hours or something. And I mean, the other thing is, you know, going through with the partner, you don't want to like correct have fun at their expense, right? Uh, so yeah, you don't want to do that. The next game is what I've been playing on my own, and I'm surprised at how much it's grabbed me. I do have I do have some complaints, uh, but at, Huber, you've been playing it as well, yeah, and that is really Far like Cry Five. Mm. Yeah. Yo, uh, that uh, that pause menu music so good the music in Far Cry 5 is yeah unexpectedly like pretty great like I have put the game on pause as I've done chores around the house because I just like it so much (laughs) so good yeah there's there's kind of this uh divide though between like Far Cry 5 is kind of all over the place tonally, which is what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. But that happens even with that pause menu music where you, you just need to take a break. Maybe you're going up to, to get a drink or you're going to the bathroom or something and you hit pause and you come back and you sit down and you kind of get into the groove of the song and then you unpause and they're like, time to die! And you got like two trucks on you and you got a, a bear chasing after you. Uh, it is... Chaos in yeah. my experience. Is that what you've been experiencing, Michael Huber? So chaotic. One of the most chaotic games. Uh it remind like the most chaotic game I think I've played in recent memory is Middle Earth Shadow of War. <laughs> where it's like you are it has that same vi- the vibe and the mm. feeling of like you are constantly in danger. There is like very there are very few safe spaces. You can like in Shadow of War and stuff, you can, like, climb to the top of a tower. Or, like, in Far Cry, you can, like, go in a little, like, safe base or something. Or, like, a little safe hideout or underneath a cave. But, like, people are on you. Bears are on you. Cougars and coyotes are on you. Like, it is nonstop chaos. I have a question. That's And that's just if you're, like, walking around, let alone you're engaging them, you know? Is right. it more chaotic than the other ones? I feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- okay. 
I feel like it is for sure. Like I can, Far Cry I can catch always, my breath in the other one. I did not play a lot of Far Cry 4, and so that's why I'm like really pausing, but I'm uh-huh. thinking back to like Far Cry 3. And even something like Blood Dragon, I don't... Because the way that Far Cry 5 works is you've got these three different regions, and everything you do, you're building up resistance points uh, to eventually take on the people that are controlling these regions. And as you build up resistance points, they get more aggressive at trying to take you down. And so... Anywhere you go at a certain point, there will just be guys coming in on ATVs, on trucks, there will be planes. There was, I was getting close to liberating the first region. Nice. And there was a plane that it didn't matter where I fast traveled, didn't matter where I ran. I was like, got eyes on him. Just wherever you're going, I was like, all right, gonna, gonna bomb him. Like everywhere I went, the second that the load would be done from the fast travel, the plane would be on me. And uh, there'd be guys chasing after me. So awesome. Yeah, <laughs> dude, the game is awesome. Uh, it's so it's so, like the less I take the game seriously, the more fun I have with it. It's just such Absolutely. a video game Absolutely. in the sense of like, I'm going to hop into this war zone, get a bunch of weapons and just start shooting everyone around me. Yep. Does the, get flamethrowers and rocket launchers. Does the game attempt to like tell a serious story? Because oh, usually it does. It does. We're, they always do get there. and yeah. I like never care yeah. ever in Far Cry. It gets. I oh, think yeah. the thing that is so annoying is how intrusive the story is. Uh, but I do, I do want to comment really quick on exactly what you're talking about, Huber. Mm-hmm. And I think why I like it so much is... A good amount of the time, it feels pretty organic, that yeah. that that chaos and that video gaminess. Coming where, up to a silo or something, right, yeah. Right, where it's like, okay, here's kind of like my battlefield. We're in this field. There are a bunch of trees around. I'm focusing on these guys. Okay, a Molotov gets thrown. Now I've got to deal with this fire. Okay, then the wildlife comes in. And it's just, you never know exactly what you're going to have mm. to deal with. And I think that's... Uh, part of the reason it's so much fun. Yeah, and I think the setting plays into that huge of just like kind of creeping through the trees, like really stealthing up to locations feels awesome. Like even early in the game when you're getting chased through the woods, that was such a powerful scene for me because it was like there was no waypoints or mini map. It was like run. And I'm just like, where do I go? Where do I go? Got to find a little cabin, find a gun, like really cool moments like that. Yeah, and I, I think the buddy system in Far Cry 5 contributes a lot to that, too. You bringing a bear into a fight is going to affect how that fight plays out. Or even just when somebody goes down, that's a new thing that you've got to deal with. And that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. And I like how different so many of the companions feel so far. I, I do find that the humans are a little dumb. Like, a lot of times I'll bring in, like, a fighter or a human specialist and I'll be like, okay, attack that dude. And they'll just yeah. kind of run around and not do the thing that I told them well, to. Well, I've had like the extreme situations where like if you don't tell them to do anything, they won't do anything. They'll mm. just kind of like stand around and do nothing. But then I had a I had a couple parts where I was like, kill that guy, kill that guy, kill that guy, kill that guy. And my my companion was just zipping through the battlefield as I was standing on a hill and he was killing every single person so it was like they're either too strong or they might as well not even show up yeah and i was using boomer the dog uh for a while and that was interesting because 
he was useful, but he was also pretty fragile. I couldn't mm-hmm. just send him into the fray and expect him to clean up. And I, I liked dealing with that. But then I have Cheeseburger, this bear, and it's like, this guy can take on a whole army, it feels like. Yeah, he would go down, but it would take quite a bit, <laughs> it felt like, uh, to get him there. But Brad, you mentioned the story. I mm-hmm. want to talk about this. and I, I want to ask you how this sounds. So in Far okay. Cry 5, there will be moments, like let's say you're like, I'm going to go do this side mission. Okay. Okay. You get drugged. Again? You get taken to a room. You have them monologue at you, and whatever it was you were doing, you get pulled out of the story just so you can do this story. And you're like, okay, they're trying to surprise me. Cool. I think you can get away with that, like, once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They do it again. Uh (laughs) Oh. It's... Oof. It's a little bit upsetting. How many times are we talking? It's just too much. It's too I think much. It's, I think outside of the intro, it's happened to me two different times. Mm-hmm. Outside of the intro? Outside of the intro. So and at it's least like, three and times And you have no idea game. that it's coming. Where it's like, I was just walking along, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, they're drugging me, but and then I gotta like, go through this. You only get a few of those. Well, and when you do something that much, it just takes away the effect that you had before. You're like, again? I think what is so upsetting, and I, I kind of sympathize with them, is you have this game or you have all these systems that lead to this really fun chaos, but it's like, okay, we want to tell this story, mm-hmm. but it feels like anytime they're trying to tell the story, everything else comes grinding to a halt. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I wish there was just a more organic way for you exactly. to interact with these villains exactly. other than just like, no, we're, we're actually going to tie you to this chair and, you know, spout our ideology at you. I feel like it's been like that since three. Kind of like all the villains are kind of like that. Like, oh, we're all crazy and Well, and it's right. just finding those gameplay moments where they, it's like, okay, here's the part where you're, we're going to monologue at you. It's right. been, you nailed it. It's like, we need to find different ways to emotionally connect you to the villains without it being so obvious and just, and so grinding to the game, like. Like it does, it just grinds it to a halt, and it's, it feels so artificial because they're just monologuing at you, and it's like, yeah. okay. Well, now, uh, now my partner's gonna come up and shoot the guards in the head because the villain turned his back and is like, take care of them. You know, right. all these these really silly moments that that just take me out of it. And it's when you have like these these story sections when you get dumped back out into the world, it's not like it feels all that different. It's just like, no, you you just kind of paused me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the fun. It's it's yeah. like you got this really sweet deal to go to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever, but it's like, in order for you to enjoy this, you have to go to this three-hour timeshare meeting. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like <laughs> in Far uh, Cry yeah, 5. Yeah, I was thinking that in my brain. <laughs> yeah, where... Self-work. It's not that you don't <laughs> want to be invested in the story, but I find myself unable to because it's like... You're, this is the, you're, you clearly label the fun parts. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta blend a little bit. Blend you gotta, it. you gotta find a way to make the part where this guy is talking to me just as interesting. Yeah. And the way that you've decided to do that is to go full breaks on the fun. And I just don't think that is the right hmm. approach. Because, like, the setting and the, and the, the, the basic framing I'm into, you know, I'm, one of my mm-hmm. favorite shows of all time is Justified. Uh, and it's about a U.S. Marshal. Uh, it's, it's a similar kind of setup. It's not as, uh, religious say as Far Cry 5, but it's kind of a similar setting. Um, and then I started watching, uh, 
Wild Wild Country on Netflix just just came out and it's about a cult. It's a true story. Uh, it's a documentary. It's a six episode thing. And just giving me, like, it's giving me Far Cry vibes, you mm. know? And I'm, I enjoy the setting, but it's just the presentation and the way they go about telling the story. Yeah. Uh, it could be better, you know? It, yeah. it could just be better. And I think of, I think of like Watch Dogs 2 uh from ubisoft and that's that's my favorite story i think from ubisoft uh just the characters the way the story is told uh it feels a little more organic it doesn't feel as force-fed or as kind of like we're stopping the game so we can tell you the story now it just Mm kind of happens as you go uh and i think i think far cry could have could have leaned more on that so my question to both of you is we're, we're criticizing the differences in tone and the stopping to get the story bits in, Mm -hmm. we will sit here and praise all day something like Metal Gear Solid, which is notorious for this, or even, (laughs) you know, arguably something like The Last of Us. What do you think is makes Far Cry 5 a different case where it's it's annoying us rather than enhancing our enjoyment of the game? Well, The Last of Us and, and Uncharted, they tell you the story as you go. You know, mm-hmm. I think of Half-Life where they're, we're not going to have a cutscene. We're going to tell you the story as you, we go. You know, yeah. those games have cutscenes, of course, but so much is happening in between those bits. You can be going over and crafting something or picking an item up and Ellie or Elena or Sully or something is telling you about the history of the world by talking about a skeleton that's dead in the corner or something. Mm -hmm. So just having a lot more moments where it doesn't take... It feels more integrated. Yeah, and it doesn't take control away from you. Um, And also, like, cutscenes are fine, of course, but it's finding that balance, and I think that's why I I love Last of Us so much, is because it's that perfect balance of being in control, getting a lot of story, and then when we do want to have a big, big moment, we're going to have that cutscene, but it never feels out of place, you know? It, it's not like, hey, stop everything, we're going to give you a cutscene, you know? It feels like a reward in Last of Us, I don't know. Yeah, um... <laughs> I haven't played this game yet, so I don't necessarily know. But from my when I'm playing like Metal Gear Solid that has cutscenes, like top lots uh, spots where they're stopping and talking between the characters, I enjoy it more because I care about the situation they're in way more and the characters. I don't know what the yeah. characters are like in Far Cry, but, but but you didn't start caring. They had to convince it, you to they, care about them. They exactly like when you played Metal Gear Solid uh, One, like I did for the first time. I didn't know I'm like who the hell are all these people. I don't know who are there, but I learned to care about them as the story went on. From what I've played of Far Cry Three and Four. I just didn't care the mm-hmm. entire time. Right. Voices, well, so voices like, protagonists. So like when you have like the moment between like <laughs> Sniper Wolf and Snake and Solid, you're like, whoa, this is really awesome and stuff like that. You're feeling yeah, the emotion. But in Far Cry, I mean, it's it's kind of unfair to compare people to Kojima, but it's just like, <laughs> I don't feel, I don't necessarily feel this with them. I feel like we're giving like Far Cry a really hard time because we're like, Kojima's is a very True. special like case of a, like, a game, but like. Well, see, for me, for me, it's about, Getting the, the whatever you're consuming, right? It doesn't matter if it's a video game, whatever entertainment thing you're trying to consume, you slowly get conditioned to be like, okay, this is what this is about. This is this is mm-hmm. the angle at which I'm appreciating it. And for me, with Far Cry Five, it's like, okay, I just did this side mission where I have to get these bull testicles, and I just did this challenge where beforehand they had this bald eagle like exploding in flames, and like it just seems kind of goofy and fun and awesome and so it's like okay you kind of get in that mood mm-hmm. where you're just like I just want to have fun I want to laugh I want to try crazy things and you get in that moment where it's like I'm kind of feeling a little bit experimental this game is telling me that like hey 
It's a playground. Mm-hmm. Go have fun. Go go. Use your flamethrower. Right. Use your <laughs> flamethrower. See what happens. I think when you kind of cultivate that environment, you have to be extra careful when you take all of that away and be like, listen, man, the world is messed up and I'm going to tell you why it's messed up and I'm so bad. Like, it, you, you just, you can't, Mm-hmm. switch that fast if you're in that mode of i want to have a lot of fun there has to be like some sort of transition some build up <clears throat> to the we're gonna pump on the brakes and get yeah. serious now and i just don't feel like those transitions are, are very smooth sure. yeah. and so i just kind of end up zoning out as they're happening totally um, and it's hard to follow like i stress so hard about stories and video games like i am trying to get every single detail i'm trying to get every single character i'm trying to get dates like no matter what game it is if it if it's kojima all the way down to to no story at all i'm trying to get it all in my brain yeah uh and and sometimes it's just hard to follow like like when uh one of the brothers like kidnaps you and drugs you i'm just like wait what is going on like Maybe there's some context to that about drug use. I don't know, but it, it, it's just far cry. it just feels kind of disjointed. Yeah, it does. And I think it's because of the open world, too. Right. Getting that balance of like, let's yeah. go go and be free and do all of your activities. But we still have this main story. You know, people criticize The Witcher. They always joke around and be like, hey, want to want to play a game of Gwent? Right. You mm-hmm. know, it's an open world thing of like trying to get that flow. It, it feels like when you're making a game, some things are worth the sacrifice is of being disjointed and I do appreciate in Far Cry 5 where it's like I want this companion okay I'm not arbitrarily blocked off for all of these reasons I can just go and get that dude mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that you know this companion isn't in the region that I'm dealing with right now I can just go there and do that and so I like that freeform nature and the other thing that I like is actually feeling that escalation in the world where when you do build up that resistance Things do get more intense. They get more chaotic. And then when you resolve it, when you liberate it, it's like, I can actually go fish now. Mm -hmm. Like, people aren't chasing after me. I feel a notable in-world difference based on my actions. And I really like that a lot. Yeah. And... Maybe having a few less companions. There's nine of them, and I know that you can have a lot. There's nine specialists. Nine specialists. And there's a whole bunch of fighters. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like maybe a few less specialists. Like, I get the gameplay opportunities of being able to have different builds and stuff, Mm. but if you only have three or four, I'm going to care a lot more about these three or four. Like, I got Boomer, but and he's cool. He's a cute little dog, but he still feels like an AI dog to me, you know? And... I never have those thoughts of like, I'm playing a video game now. My whole mission is always to be as like, I am getting on board the developer's train and I'm going to be in the mindset that they want me to be in. And, you know, I, I still with Boomer, I'm like, oh, it's my little AI companion because there there isn't that connection. I don't know, maybe if they had just a few sure. less specialists, you could really flesh out. The Make stories. those stories longer, more yeah, meaningful, more exactly. Involved. Maybe have more steps to them rather than like go to this place, kill a bunch of dudes, and get the specialist. Maybe have a build up to earning their trust, even or, yeah. or kind of recruiting them over or something like that. Just um, something that 
obviously very different types of games, but something I really loved and a storytelling approach that I like to see more in Divinity Original Sin 2 is your companions, they would all have their own individual stories that you could kind of like explicitly chase after. But as you naturally encountered things in the world that dealt with them and their own personal issues, they would become more involved. And that was so that was great. true so great. all the way through to the end of the game. Like the <laughs> so very great. end of the game, they're like, hey, this affects me, here's why. Yeah. And... I, I love that. I love the idea of, of taking these people throughout this world and it's not just like, okay, this is my part. Yeah. Now I'm going to step on the stage. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm always on the stage as long as it's yeah. relevant to me. It just makes them feel a lot more believable. Like when a, when a deep speech beast comes in, <laughs> in you know, Lilia, like, let, right. what, what's up with this? Lilia? Right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I can deal with this. Yeah, or you know? Therese, sorry. Right, Therese. Lilia. Well. <laughs> Both. Close enough. <laughs> sure. Close enough. Uh, both great. Yeah, we're, we're harping a lot on, on Far Cry 5 and, and the storytelling mm-hmm. stuff. And I agree with all of that. But also at the end of the day, it's like I'm so kind fun. of excited to just yeah, see just having fun. what else I can do. Yeah. Um, but, and, but you nailed it too of like bringing up the, the, the balance of that. Right. Like that's what the game is. It's giving us the message of go have fun. This is a playground. Gut nuts. Shoot a dude in the face with a flamethrower. Yeah, but then we're gonna monologue about, uh, to you for ten minutes about how evil the world is. Right. So it's just kind of the disconnect. And I, I think about Far Cry Blood Dragon and why that one resonated with me so much is because everything fit mm-hmm. like the tone, the ridiculousness, all of that blended with what the game was trying to do. And I, yeah. I wish that was a yeah, little. Yeah, they bit went more all in on that aspect of it. Yeah. And like the reason I love Justified so much is because Raylan Givens and Boyd Crowder are two of the greatest characters ever made in TV. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how am I going to be attached to this voiceless protagonist? Yeah. I got nothing against voiceless protagonists. Yeah. Like played my favorite share of JRPGs. Mm-hmm. I can get behind it. But at the same time, those voiceless protagonists usually have a party around them right. mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. kind of does the heavy lifting on the emotional side. So it's really hard to get emotionally attached to Far Cry 5. And yeah. even in the very beginning, you know, this isn't a spoiler. Like, your companions are, are dying around you or, or, or they're, in, they're in a hostile situation. And it's like... There's no feeling, yeah. you know, like my U.S. Because you Marsh- don't really know them because you don't know yeah. them, and because this is the the Far Cry tone of crazy shenanigans, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard. Uh, something I do want to end on with Far Cry Five, and a, a point I I really want to bring up. I get annoyed sometimes at these these open games where they're like, "Hey, go do what you want." And they keep, they, they underutilize the most fun stuff that they have, where it's like, okay, we're going to give you a tank, but just for like this one section, and then you can never use it again because we want it to feel special. And it's like, well, if you're really going to go through the effort of, of giving me a play around, like you have to give me the toys so I can have fun. And I think Far Cry 5, part of the reason why I want to keep playing it is because it does that. It's not hard to get a helicopter. It's not mm-hmm. hard to get a plane. It's not hard to get a rocket launcher or a flamethrower or a bear where I feel like if I want to do something, I can reasonably with not that much effort, go out of my way and do it and have a fun time. And yes. it's like, Hey, I've got the wingsuit. Okay, cool. The grappling hook, not that hard to get. I can get it. It's just like, 
I've got stuff so I can have fun. They're not being too precious with all mm-hmm. of those things. And I, I and really appreciate that. The open world design is incredible. Like, I want to get that point across mm-hmm. because even playing Assassin's Creed Origins, like, so much of it is dependent on your level. Like, oh, that's level 40. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 35. Yeah, I'll do that later. Far Cry just drops you in and it feels so organic of like, what can I do to gear up? Because I'm fighting this war. I am trapped behind enemy lines. You know, I'm surrounded on all sides. What? Where can I go? What can I do? Who can I meet up with to to recruit or, or get guns from or, or gear up? So I, I like the freedom in that sense of yeah. be free, you know, sure. and... and it doesn't feel like a checklist, you know. It, it's it's an open world game where you're, of course, oh, there's a there's a supply over there. Like I'm gonna go do that, or oh, there's a specialist over there. I'm gonna go recruit him. It, it, within the first ten hours that I've played, it's never really felt like that. It's felt like whatever kind of I stumble upon, I'm gonna get involved with. I can kind of like set out a bigger mission of like. Okay, I need to go over the like way over on that side of the island and maybe recruit her to help my cause. Sure. But going there, like I'm gonna get caught up in so many things that that pull me in all these different directions, and I love that. The only I love the flow. Yeah, the only thing that I've I've slightly noticed with that is I I, I got to a point because it takes a good number of resistance points to eventually get to the face off with one of the leaders of the mm. regions. And with some of the side missions, I, I was like, man, I'm, I'm really not getting that many points. Like, it's a fair amount of effort, and I'm not getting that many points. Mm. I'm not getting that much money. Mm. And so I, I've kind of gravitated to it's like, I'm just going to focus on the big things where I'm getting a lot of points or like a character or, or something like that. And so I just... Sometimes the, the side missions feel maybe a little bit too inconsequential. Got but uh, we'll see if I, I feel that way cool. after I finish. Brad... For a lot of this, you've had to listen to us yammer on about yeah. Far Cry 5. Yeah. Uh, but something that you have more experience with than either of us is Sea of Thieves. And it's been... A lot of people have been talking about Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Give me Brad Ellis' take. Uh, sea of Thieves, a really interesting game with filled with a lot of great ideas, but gets super repetitive and boring. So what are those great ideas? What makes Sea so, of Thieves like, special? Sea of Thieves, I think, mechanically is a really great game and how it does stuff. Like, sailing in that game is really fun, mm-hmm. especially when you have, like, the full crew. Like I know you haven't played with, like, a crew yet. You've played mostly by yourself. Yep. But when you got the full crew on the ship, man, you got people man, like raising the sails, turning the sails. You got someone down below deck looking at the map, guiding the island. You got someone up top steering the ship. Maybe you got someone in the crow's nest scouting stuff Love out. Love the crow's like, all nest. All that stuff when you're working with your crew, like synergizing really well together, super satisfying and fun. Uh, the tasks are fun the first few times you do it. Like, oh, dude, you have this sick treasure map. Gotta go find the axe on the island, dig it up, get this mm-hmm. treasure. That's really cool. Gotta kill these skeletons. That's really cool. Get their skull. You gotta do this riddle. That's awesome. Then you then you just kind of do that forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. And it never really changes anything. And you're like, there's a moment like, whoa, there's a kraken in the ocean. This is mm-hmm. awesome. And you never see it again. You never know what happens. You look underwater when the kraken's there and there's just nothing there. And you're like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it has like, a, it has sprinkled with good ideas, but a not enough there to keep interested, I would say, for very long. Probably not long enough for what they want people to play this game. It sounds like they want people to play this game for years from what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think you can play this game for 20 hours and be like, I'm cool. I'm good. So what I've seen people say in defense of Sea of Thieves is that 
really the majority of the fun that you're having is not from going and and getting the treasure chest and bringing it back or going and finding mm-hmm. the skeletons. It is going, getting the treasure chest, getting attacked, trying to defend that treasure, or seeing a ship, invading it, going at that treasure, where it's it's really but the it's interactions like, that you make with each other. That doesn't last, though. Like, that's fun the first few times. Then you do that, like, five times. You're just kind of like, okay, whatever. It's not that exciting anymore, like, fighting someone. I've never gone from 100 to zero in so fast, mm-hmm. okay? I played the first time in a full group with mm-hmm. Brad, Unbelievable Disneyland level vibes. Unreal. I am a kid in a candy store. We play for like three hours, have a hell of a time. Magical, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm texting Brad throughout the, the next day. I'm like, hey, want to play? Want to play? He's like, yeah, sure, let's play. I hop on with Brad. We do a little co op. Mm-hmm. Just this is it? Yeah. Like, wait, we're, we're just this is the game. We just keep doing this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, it was. Like what going from so magical to like the harsh realities of the Sea of Thieves grind. I we played for like 45 minutes mm-hmm. and I was like, at, in this state of the game, I never need to play Sea of Thieves again. Sure. And that may yeah. sound extremely harsh, but with as much good as there is out there right now in the in video games, like there there's just not enough. Like I feel like that's like that's not even a harsh statement. I feel like like that's not enough to yeah. keep people going right now. Just just playing devil's advocate though. Uh, sure. Let's. I want to push on this a little bit because you know you look at something like uh, PUBG or even going back to like Daisy or Rust. You say that you know interacting with another pirate ship is only fun for a little bit, but you know theoretically every time you're running into these these strangers that you don't know, you know you're having different conversations. Maybe they want to mm-hmm. try to be nice and play allies. Sure. Maybe they're super aggressive and trying to taunt you. Uh, you know maybe they try to sail away. Maybe they they uh, you know fire cannons at you or try to sneak on your ship while you go do another objective. It's like you you the think thing, about humans interacting at this on I'll sea. Tell you, ben, you have so many different variations. I'll tell you, you Ben. There's not in. actually a lot of people interacting when I've played this game. Yeah, okay. I ran into I think I ran into one group my entire time reviewing this game that talked. I okay. think everyone else is on mics talking to each other because when you're talking in like the in-game chat, everyone can hear you, which is really cool and awesome. And, Especially when you like, but everyone's on Discord or Skype. No one's really using that, which sucks. Mm. Well, and the thing is, I feel terrible either way. Okay, so we have a ton of treasure, and we get ambushed by people. Cool. I just lost hours. I just lost all my treasure. Or we find someone, and they have a ton of treasure, and we kill them, and it's like great. Now I feel like an asshole. Just ruin these guys' day. Like when we attack those people in town, like I felt like a bully. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> we did and, that guy. Yeah, and adding a PvP faction and like a police faction could alleviate the, those feelings and really bring a lot to the table and add a lot. But again, in this current state, like hunting people or being hunted feels bad on both ends. So we talk a lot about not a lot, but occasionally we'll bring up uh, the the glory days of World of Warcraft mm-hmm. and and how we loved the brutal interactions that we would have with each other. And sometimes that would suck. You know, maybe you're trying to complete a quest, but, uh, and people were, were griefing you or whatever, but those interactions made the world feel alive yeah. and dangerous. So why, why doesn't that it's apply because here? Because the world of Warcraft world is so massive and it's a journey. You start at level one and you have that end goal of level a hundred or whatever the hell it is now, mm-hmm. or, le- you know, yeah, whatever. Let, let's go vanilla You're from zero to 60. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, 
you're on your huge adventure you're in you're in Stormwind or something and all of a sudden you get attacked and it's like that's just one small footnote in this larger journey on the way to level cap and level 60. Sea of Thieves from minute 1 all the way to Pirate Legend is the same thing over and over again with like very little in change of scenery like you can you can you can you know, break that down in World of Warcraft, you can say, well, all you're doing is killing mobs and doing quests. And it's right. like, no, I'm going to different places and encountering different people, you know, and seeing new things. And it's like Sea of Thieves, I'm going to an island and I'm climbing up a couple rocks and going into a cave and grabbing a chest. And it's just the same thing over and over I think over again. I think you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. There is... The way that you're interacting in this game seems to me like it's the same way that you're interacting, you know, after you put in 50 hours mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm still using a sword the exact same way. I'm still using a blunderbuss yeah. a very similar way, a cannon, a yeah, pistol. Yeah, even while you're getting it new just, moves It just and feels like you, you have like, the same tools regardless of yeah. what's going on. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I, I think you need that. I think you need those those moments. Like, even if... You got invaded by a ship, and it's like, oh man, they're using a weapon that I don't have yet because I haven't, I haven't gotten there, I haven't worked hard yeah. enough. I think that would make you feel mm -hmm. different. Yeah. I think you'd be like, okay, well, this sucks. I lost everything, but eventually, I'll be that guy. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like I'm notorious for liking really low level gear cosmetically in games. Mm -hmm. Like within the first couple hours, I'm like, okay, I'm good forever. Like rarely do I gravitate gravitate towards the high end looking loot mm -hmm. it's like all right i'm gonna grab that jacket and the, the peg leg and the patch and i'm done like right within a couple levels my ideal look of my pirate is done and there's no incentive to keep going like at least if i could get a better sword or a better gun yeah. or something uh, and i know from a, a balance perspective like everyone at all times is is, is mm -hmm. on an even playing field but if I'm a pirate legend, shouldn't I have an advantage on a newer I think pirate? that would be... Okay, so I brought this in my review. I think that would be a fine point of like keeping everyone on the same field, but what is there in the combat aspect of the game is not mm -hmm. fun enough. It's kind of boring then. Like, fighting with people is just kind of like mm -hmm. spamming, like shooting cannons at people is like fun. Yeah, that's cool. But when you're actually fighting someone, it's pretty damn boring. I uh, did my first... Like, go hunt the skeletons mission, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, very recently. And I was like, man, this is exciting. Like, yeah. the the vibe that they were giving me, like, the, the skeletons looked fierce in the image for the 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 thing that I was going after. And then I remember getting there, and they just kind of crawl out of the ground. Yeah. And they'll do the three-hit combo, <laughs> and you block it, and then you do the three-hit combo. <laughs> and I was like, this, this is it? Mm -hmm. This it is it? For 100 hours. That's not enough. Like... The raid that they kind of have, the skeleton raid, is like a step in the right direction where it's pretty much, I don't think you've, I don't know no, if you've seen I'm this not, yet. So there's I'm like, not. if you've seen like that skull, like cloud in the sky, I don't know if you've ever seen that, it looks like a giant yeah, skull in the sky. I have, I have. So if you sail to that area, there's like an island where there's essentially waves of skeletons you have to defeat. Mm -hmm. That's like, you're just fighting skeletons again. There's some different types of skeletons, which is kind of cool. There's like a gold, there's like gold ones that take more damage. You could throw water on them, I guess, to weaken them. There's like smoke ones you could shine light at. Like that's neat, but that's all it is. Like the most fun from those scenarios that I had is with when there's other people that stage fighting with you. Mm -hmm. So like if you're trying to get the treasure, so after the wave you get a key and there's a bunch of treasure inside. There's deliberately more treasure in there than like a whole crew can get. So 
bunch of crews could get in there. People are fighting with the tractor. I think that is a cool That's idea. a really Great cool idea. idea. Yeah. But the act of doing the raid itself is pretty damn boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's then you pretty get, boring. And then you get that loot, and it's like you earned a couple hundred gold and a fourth of a rep level. Cool. Well, because you bring all that treasure back, and it's like, well, I'm just I'm just working for different for looking versions for of things. You're I working have, for right? nothing. Yeah. I the other thing that I want to bring up, and I want to know if I'm just expecting too much. But I remember when I first booted up the the Sea of Thieves beta, and then I kind of had this feeling again when I booted up the full release, and I was like, man. I love the the look of this game. I love the way people look. Yeah, I yeah. love the way the sea yeah. looks. I love the way my ship looks. But I remember like making my character going in and, and talking to the, the person at the bar. <laughs> and I was like, wait, they don't talk. <laughs> There's no voice there. There's no sense of, of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone that I talked to, it's like, do you want to browse my wares? I'll say like a couple yeah, of things. I can't even believe. I didn't even real. I didn't even think about that, Ben. Like I didn't even think hold, about I, that. But hold on, just yeah. really quick. Like, and then the more I looked at it, and the more I kind of like panned out, it's like, okay, <laughs> these signs are pointing to like people that just kind of fill roles. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't. I I was kind of excited just like starting and playing on my own uh, to kind of have that that sense of like I'm gonna go out and sail this huge world and I don't know what I'm going to find. And I remember the outpost just being feeling so sterile that I, I had that moment that you were talking about where it's like, these just feel like people that are fulfilling services. Therefore, it's kind of like dampening my sense of like mystery and discovery. Mm-hmm. Like you need, say what you will, but like in 2004, bringing up World of Warcraft again, like I remember the first time that I would go to like, Ogrimmar or Stormwind and it felt like there was so much to Mm -hmm. uncover like yes there were a lot of people filling very specific services but the way that it was constructed and presented to you it felt like a place and you kind of built up to that and it felt like a moment Uh, and I just am not getting that here it just feels like repositories for like adventuring stuff Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I don't know is that is that not fair, right? Because then I think about Destiny, and it's like, well, Destiny kind of does that too. Why doesn't it bother me there? Why, why is it weird in Sea of Thieves? Destiny, even Destiny has more in it. Destiny, Destiny like, I know. even when Destiny was... One when yeah. it came out had more to do in that game than this. Hmm. You had some sort of goal you could kind of get, like you get your loot or whatever. You could do um, yeah, the story, Crucible, mode. You had Crucible, the story. There's you had like nothing in here yeah. though. There's like a comic, we have like comic books of like story and Sea of Thieves and there's like no story in Sea of Thieves at all. There's like nothing, there's like cave paintings on a wall. I'm like, cool, what is this? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like we we criticize and people criticize Destiny hard and I criticize Destiny 2 so hard because it's a whole nother thing because it's a sequel, it should have more whatever. Mm-hmm. But Destiny 1, even having the raid and having that as an end goal and like th- having the goal of building up enough to do the most fun thing you know having that in sight is really all you need mm. it's like okay give me a reason give me motivation to go through the entire game to get to a special point you know like see thieves it's like okay that that monocle looks cool i can go get chests for 10 hours and wear it right it's like no at least in destiny it's like put in the time put in the work you get to do vault of glass 
you get to you get to do the best encounters in the game and and the most fun right. thing in the game. Like, and, and on a cool, very basic you've level, you rewarded me. Yeah, like, yes. On a very basic level, <laughs> when you when you get that that helmet or or that gun, especially, it's like okay, this this feels different. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing more damage. Like yeah. there's there's an immediate, very tangible thing when mm-hmm. you get that monocle. You don't really feel different. <laughs> uh, and you need that. You need that uh, tangible sense of progression in a game that you yeah. want to keep returning like, to. It's so annoying because I like, I really want to like this game more than I can. Right. Like, it's, I agree with you. Like we're talking about like, it's so, it looks so great. It has such great vibes. Like the mm-hmm. idea of some stuff it does is really cool. Yeah. But it just feel it feels like an early access game. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this game is not done. Yeah. This and, game is not done. There's not enough here to keep people interested. And the sentiment that like, oh, it's the best chat room ever made. It's you know, not like, though, because no one's that. talking. Yeah, and it's like, well, no one talks. Fortnite is a chat room. You can you can play some Fortnite or some World of Warcraft. Like and Fortnite that, is free. Exactly. Right. So, do you think there's anything that they could do to see if things that would make you excited to return? Like they like, need to add. They just need to add stuff. But like, I want to come back to this game. But my question to you is, they're, they're going to add stuff. Yes. They've, they've said that they're going to add stuff. This game will change, okay? But will you, Bradley Ellis, be returning? Because like Huber said at the top of this, there's a lot going on. There's yeah. We got, uh, we I got feel God like of War this I month. I will return because there's not a game necessarily like it. There, I see. There is no pirate game I could play. So this is different for you yes. than other... Like this is not another... Games. Yeah, this is not another like MMO-esque... I guess it is kind of thing, but I'm not like... I'm not like, go. it's not like, uh, I feel like Destiny or World of Warcraft kind of thing. Not that that's a bad thing or anything like that. It just kind of feels different to me. There's no pirate I mean, game like where I could just like of sail around on a ship. It's it's different enough that I want to try this. There are other games where you can be in space and shoot things. There are other games sure. where you can sure. don yeah. armor and fight orcs. Yeah, but it's just like, this one feels different. Sure. But there's just not enough here for me yet. But if there is in the future, yeah. you would be excited. Oh, to hell yeah, dude. Okay. It it's gonna be real hard. Yeah, because like, like, it just depends like what they add. Because I feel like the entire game would have to be changed. You know, they're like even a like an XP system and gaining new abilities, like all that fundamental stuff is not there. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know what they could add or like, how they could even change if this they game. Added, like some weird pirate raid. Like you go, like there's a specific island. You go there, and inside there's some sort of raid you do or yeah. something. Like, anything but even then without having gear or or skills or anything and it's like can i just hop on once and go do the raid and be done like let me earn my place let me build up to that like that's why we were saying like if they had like stuff for your ship man like you you say like even if it's like you sail one percent faster yeah i'd be like sweet that's something to get yeah if i do one percent more damage with this weapon it's Mm -hmm. something different yeah so the entire the entire DNA of the game would have to change, it's honestly. Like you got so much cool stuff for this world. You got like mermaids in there. Like they could do stuff where you go like down to some like Atlantis or something like that, down in the sea, something like that. There's just nothing there. There's nothing. There's like one shark in the water. Like that's it, man. Ugh. It's brutal. It sucks. I wanna I want this. I wanna love it. This game is so cool in the idea. Oh, I know what'll get me back in though. Towns. Luke Arnold. Luke Arnold. Luke, yeah. Luke. Yep. Sure, yes. I will it's play just me Luke Arnold in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's like a whole different ball. <laughs> All right, Hugo. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole different Time to set sail. No, he has to RP the whole yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, the whole time. That'd be great. Make him walk the plank. Yeah. <laughs> Make him walk the plank. Hubert, you're bringing something today to Frame Trap that I'm really glad 
you're bringing because for whatever reason, I can't convince myself to go see Pacific Rim Uprising, despite I'm really loving you. the first Pacific Rim. I am pleading with you. I am begging you to see this movie. Support this movie. Do not take it for granted. Giant robots fighting monsters in the streets of giant cities with giant buildings. Please see this movie. Okay. But this is, I feel like this is a very Huber thing to say. The fact that it is not Guillermo del Toro is psyching me out. It hurts. And I just expect a lower quality thing. I know some people don't like Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Love there it. is there is this, this thing, this weirdness, this flavor that no one else has that del Toro can add to mm-hmm. a film. It's what makes him special. Well, the best part of this movie I just read was Guillermo del Toro's idea. We can't dive into that because it's a plot spoiler. Please don't. Yeah. I'm so just, I'm just worried yeah. that... that you know, you 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 build up this preconceived notion of what a thing is because you've been burned in the past, mm-hmm. right? Making a sequel to Pacific Rim that doesn't have Del Toro at the helm, I'm like, is this going to be like some studio sanitized mm-hmm. thing? It's that, not. That misses it's the heart. Not. Please, I'm begging people. I am begging. I am begging people to see this movie honestly because, like. This all comes down to to like uh what is Rotten Tomatoes? What is good? What do we classify as a good movie versus a bad movie? No. This movie is exactly 100% what it wants to be. Show me and the it, heart. And Tell it, me about the heart. The heart is the heart are some of this is the boldest statement and I swear to you I'm not lying. Some of the greatest action scenes i have ever witnessed mm-hmm. in the cinemas period hands down draft your tweets some of the greatest fight scenes ever ever see it in the imax please you know like th- this whole rotten tomatoes thing really messing with everyone's minds no, forget, forget rotten tomatoes but whatever. It's, but it's still so hard to disconnect it you go on your phone you see the the rotten the like 40 sure. something percent and you immediately have a preconceived notion of what the movie is you're like oh Absolutely. it's not gonna be that but, good but I, I was feeling this way before of course the rotten tomatoes the trailer happens. does the movie no justice right and so you say that this has really great action scenes and that's yeah. awesome i i enjoy the reason why i was excited about pacific rim in the first place yes. was giant robots punching creatures yes but I think at the end of the day, especially with a sequel, I need to know that I care about the people punching I the creatures. absolutely adored these characters. And sure, a couple of them are basic, like in terms of framing and, and what have you, but it, it's about connections. Piloting a, piloting a Jaeger takes two people. It takes that connection. And this is a movie built on connections. Sure, some of the storylines weren't as fully thought out or fleshed out as they could have been, but it was like, you have John Boyega and the young up-and-coming girl that that scraps together like a like a makeshift Jaeger, and you have him and his friend, and you have Burn Gorman and Charlie Day returning mm-hmm. from the for- first movie and their connection, and like you have the the leader of the the Chinese yeah uh military company and she is amazing and it's like all these people the way they connect so you're telling me beyond the eggers it is worth investing it is 100 percent worth investing i but will take my the, money and i will put it but 
on John Boyega. The main reason you should show up, obviously, are the fight scenes. Sure. Like, if you enter the movie to see Pacific Rim, shouldn't you be there for the spectacle? Shouldn't you be there for the action and the adventure? Absolutely, but... And- and that, that's what you get in spades. And, okay, you're talking about, yeah, you should care about it. You should care about the people. And, and here's I'm not the thing it I wanna... has to be the greatest story ever told or make Ex- me weep or anything. It's not. But here's, here's why I'm so obsessed. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the greatest story ever told, but the entire movie felt high stakes. Same with Pacific Rim 1. These movies managed to feel high stakes where I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know who's going to live or die. I don't know what's going to happen. Like the movie does both one and two do a really good job of making the audience feel hopeless. There were so many times in the movie where I was like, what do you do here? There's, there's no getting out. There's no way. And then like, obviously the hero, well, not obviously, because still I thought like terrible things can happen at any given moment. And that's a special thing because think of, think think of how many things you consume where the the world is at risk. And if they can, for the 10,000th time, make Make the world feel at risk. Yes. And you want the people to succeed. Like that is, that is a feat. That is not easy to do. And there's some good twists and turns. And again, the characters aren't that deep, but they're likable. They like John Boyega is I've I laughed out loud like three or four solid times in the movie. Like yeah. Burn Gorman and Charlie Day, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like loved the 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 new girl too. She was awesome. She uh she makes this like tiny Jaeger uh the scrapper. It's it's so cool. Uh Brad, you're sitting there, hood up, arms crossed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you care about Pacific Rim? We uh, saw it together. Yeah, I liked it. I definitely don't like as much as Mike. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't like so a give, lot. So give like, me that of the take. Well, like a lot of the characters in it, I just, just don't, I just didn't care about. I didn't like it. Like there mm-hmm. was points in the movie when they would go to these specific characters. You knew who I'm talking about already. Mm-hmm. They're like, there's characters I do like. Like I do like John Boyega and some of the other characters. When they come to the, like, there's these scenes, they'd come to these other characters and I would just be like, uh, boy, it's real grank. Slowing it down right here. But, uh. It was better. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I'll tell you that. Did you like uh, it more than the first one? No, no, no. Why? No. Um, I didn't care. Like in the original one, I cared more about the characters and like their their personal struggles. I guess you'd and say the going mystery. through. The there's way more of a more, mystery. Yeah, there's definitely way more of the mystery for sure. Like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, it's like not the bot designs. I think some of the bot designs in the new one are really cool too. I, th- I don't know. It felt like maybe just because this is the second time, you know, going through like it's a sequel after mm-hmm. all. So like seeing Pacific Rim, like that idea for the first time is way more exciting. Mm-hmm. But it was still like crazy seeing some of these fights. Like, yeah, Mike's right. Like some of the, the fight the scenes fights. feel super high budget. Please. I don't know if they're like the best of all time, but they please see it in the felt high budget. Please. But so I wait, see we, this we movie. keep we keep let's let's dig into this because we keep talking about these fight scenes and how yeah. great they are and how incredible they are and how excited they're they're visibly making you humor. Yeah. But is it like they just look really cool? Because what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping, it's like, oh, they're they're really creative. I never expected, mm-hmm. you know, the the building to be used that way, mm-hmm. or or there, yeah, the creature sure. to do that. Like, what what? There's, makes these there's some moments so where exciting. I was like, whoa, this is the, like super. The, the story, the story moments. Like, I I can't give anything away. I, yeah. I refuse. But there are like story moments where things happen during a fight where you're like. <gasps> Boy, what? Why is this happening? Or like, so it catches again, you out of nowhere. Catches you out of nowhere. Again, the Jaeger takes two pilots, so the the relationship between the pilots trying to work together to figure this thing out, like that, is its own little thing within mm-hmm. this larger fight scene. The way that you're 
selling it is that anytime a fight scene is happening, one of the vision that I have in my mind where they, they're just selling this level of stress mm-hmm. and intensity and like, they're really struggling to get through these encounters. Yes. Is that accurate? Yes. Oh okay. yeah. You're like you're at, you're at the, the edge of extinction yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And, and we kind of talked about it. Like the world actually feels at risk, but mm-hmm. I'm saying like kind of on a micro level where it's like, how are we going to just yeah. beat this one it's a struggle single every time. monster? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it feels And like there's the the Chunin exams, not exams, but there's like the young Chunins like That's what I don't like. The young I don't like any of them. There's like the young uh Jaeger pilots mm-hmm. that are like trying to come up cuz Boyega is like a veteran, you know, and he's like the, the best, the professional, but then there's all these young kids trying to come up in the academy to to pilot Jaegers because like yeah, I mean, you got to have pilots ready. Mhm. Case something happens. Yeah. Um, Brad, do you yeah. not like these these young pilots because they're annoying? Because they feel throwaway? What what is it? No, I mean they they're they're definitely in the back seat compared to like Boyega, of course. But like they don't necessarily feel like total throwaway. I just didn't really care. I just didn't connect any of their conversations. Like even the girl, I don't like that <sighs> at all. Mike loves her. Are there just too <sighs> many of them? There's. There's, kind of, a, lot, there's a lot of them, yeah. They don't get a lot of FaceTime. They don't. But there's enough to have some kind of attachment to, like, that's the funny guy, that's the nice yeah, guy. Yeah, like, there's some that's sort the of mean thing, girl. but I just didn't care. <laughs> mm. Okay. I, I feel like I me. need to see it. Yeah. See it like in the biggest screen possible. You know, it, it, it frustrates me. This, this all goes back to, like, an Avatar situation where I came out of the movie with Avatar... Again, that was 10 years ago. A lot of different feelings about Avatar. But I remember coming out of the feeling of Avatar and being so blown away and so... My brain was just melted. And then you see people criticize it to death. And I'm like, did you see it in the IMAX 3D? And like, no, I just saw it 2D in a regular theater. And it's like, please don't dismiss the format. It's so easy to write that off of like, oh, it's just a bigger screen. No, no. It's not. Listen to Christopher <laughs> Nolan, one of the greatest filmmakers of our generation, talk to you about large formats and talk to, talk about how watching a movie in an IMAX is so much different than watching it on your like like do do we talk about that like you watch a movie on your TV versus a movie theater? It's so different. That's Absolutely. the same thing with a theater and an IMAX. Like this is a movie made to see in the biggest loudest screen possible, mm-hmm. have some popcorn and just Treat yourself. Enjoy it. And I think that is a totally valuable perspective. Mm-hmm. And absolutely the way that you consume a movie will change your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that makes anything, ex- like any movie exempt from criticism. Of course. Like, but it makes it better. Absolutely. But there, <laughs> sometimes people have to, to deal with what they got. Not everybody True. can just of course. You know, walk down the street and there's, there's an IMAX 3D. Mm-hmm. And I think of course. any movie. I take any, it Los Angeles for granted. Absolutely. For sure. for sure. Exactly. And I just, I want you to keep that for in sure. mind because I think on a fundamental level, the story should still be there. For sure. Regardless of whether you're Pacific Rim 1 stands up on a Blu-ray yeah. on a TV Pacific Rim Uprising, honestly, I don't know how well it would stand up, mm. but in the IMAX, yeah, I promise you, I, it yeah. delivers. I think if you like the first one, I do. you'll you'll I have do. fun with this one. I'm obsessed. This is my favorite movie of the year, straight up. Holy shit. We still this got is, a lot of year left. Yeah, we yeah. got a lot Avengers of year left. Avengers isn't out yet. So. Avengers isn't out yet, but this is my number one right now. I, I am definitely up. not as invested in... <laughs> The Marvel movies, as some of you guys are, but 
I Dude, you know got I'm, really you know excited with that last Infinity War trailer. I haven't Maybe watched it. I thought that was a good I trailer. I haven't watched it out of respect for Michael Huber. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I watched it. I, watch I thought it was pretty good. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to see with Mike. Mm-hmm. Dude, because it's so cool having a franchise that I don't care about watching the trailers that much. Yeah. So when I watch the movie, I have no idea what's coming, exactly. which is great. I feel like I'm so hit and miss with superhero movies that I need the oh, trailer sure. to kind of get me sure, on the hook. Sure, for sure. I've uh, seen all of them pretty much, so I'm like, well, I gotta see this one too, I guess. Just kind of locked in. So that's where you're at. That's, uh, oh, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I've been there okay. for years. Okay. See Pacific Rim. Uh, I do want to say, in that last segment, we did trigger the Cotton of Frame Trap. <gasps> but sometimes, you know, when the demons, when the word catches, it's, you know, it's because they're annoyed. There's some sort of vendetta. They just liked the way that these two words sounded together. It's a very chill, like, ah, no, let's, let's take a moment and appreciate how these words combine when they come out of your mouth. And the two words were tiny Jaeger. Just fun to say. Just I was hoping say, you were gonna say IMAX 3D. Nope, t- just tiny tiny Jaeger. I got a tiny little, Jaeger. Got my little tiny Jaeger gonna take it for a spin on Easter Sunday. Dude, it rolls around like Samus. It's Ooh, please, yeah, please don't. Now that's how you get me on don't, the hook. D- like, don't take this for granted. This is a hundred and fifty million dollar movie about robots fighting monsters. Mm-hmm. Why? In what world can we just dismiss it? Duh. No, you're right. Like, you're right. I, come on. <laughs> well, for people who don't like giant fighting robots, I do fair, agree. Of I course, do agree of course. that that sentiment is is really annoying. Where. When you're presented with something that is supposed to be simple, where they're they're really going in on the pure simple, it doesn't need to be it. more than it is. Right, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be more than it is. And I, mm-hmm. I do get annoyed where it, it it feels like for some people everything has to Rotten be tomatoes. more than it is. No, it's yeah. got a forty percent. I agree. I think that has had an effect on it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I get that. Um, if you have no idea what's going on with when I say caught in a frame trap or Tiny Jaeger, we have this moment in the show where we pause, we take a little bit breather from the intense discussions about whatever we've been having. Looks like maybe Huber, maybe it seems like it's a good time for for that to happen with Michael Huber. I'm so passionate about this movie. Yeah. It's like like we talking about Last Jedi, dude. (laughs) We we take a little bit of a break and we play a game and we're gonna be doing a multiple choice game today and it's gonna be the first game developed. I'm going to oh. give you a list of developers. I'm going to give you a developer and you're going to tell me the first game? game that we developed. Now, there's a trick for this oh, one. There's not always hard. a trick. Uh, it, it is hard. So I tried to pick developers that don't have... Some of them do have a lot of games to their to their name, but not like 500. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't do anything. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like Capcom yeah. or like Nintendo. It's it's going to be something that's going to... Should be a little bit more contained. The, tr- the trick, though, is some of these people... Uh, I want to know the first game they developed under this name. Mm. So that's going to be the change. Not that they, as a collective, didn't make things beforehand, but under this the name that I'm giving name. you, okay. what was the first game that they okay. developed? So that might throw you off a little bit. Um, but we also take this time. There's some people that support this show, that sponsor this show, and it means a lot to us. If you would like to sponsor the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash easy allies, and we will talk about whatever you want. We have so many cool, uh, crazy sponsors. We've got people making games. We've got people that just want to promote their Twitter or Facebook. We've got people making music. We've got a musician Ooh. this time that I'm excited to talk oh, about. Wow. So yeah, if you want more details, go to Easy Allies or Patreon. Excuse me, I can't even do our own plugs right. Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Our first sponsor, longest frame trap sponsor. Gotta give him credit. Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. 
Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. We played Monster Hunter with him today. We played Monster Hunter yeah. with him today for Weekly Hunts. Really hope he's playing uh, Batman the Enemy Within. You want to talk really to him about hope. it? Yeah, yeah. Really hope so. No, but sincerely, Greg, thank you for the longtime support of the show. And also, another huge longtime sponsor, Zen Market. Mm. Uh, and they got new copy for us. Oh. Yeah. Zenmarket.jp is the place to get games, anime, merch, and more directly from Japanese online stores. You can even bid on Japanese auction sites in real time. With the flattest fees in the biz, <laughs> Zen Market is the downright nicest way to start importing Japanese goods yourself. And now, Zen Market offers a subscription service called Zen Pop. If you need more Japan in your life, try a big mix of authentic Japanese snacks, noodles, or stationery delivered each month with free shipping. This actually sounds pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, visit, like, I... I want to try it for like a month, see what I get. Visit zenpop.jp and use code EZA during checkout to save $5 on any subscription plan. Find Zen Market and Zen Pop on social media or visit their homepages for more info. Our last sponsor for this episode is Thomas J. Thomas J. writes and produces weird, heartfelt electro-pop and alternative rock, taking influence from everything under the sun. Listen to his music at thomasj.bandcap.com and follow him on Twitter at, at HippoThomasJ for updates and bad takes. P.S. Arms is the true goatee of 2017. Whoa. whoa. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. He wasn't kidding. hot take. Yeah. Persona 5. Uh, the, all of the all of the links for that are relevant to our sponsors will be in the description below if you want to check those people out. Yo, uh, yeah, Persona Five. Yeah, it's a really good video game. It is. It is. It is. I'm still a little bit burned because for the longest time you said it was your goatee, and I was caught off guard when you were like Evil Within Two. It's different. It's fine. People it's, change their minds. Look, I understand. Evil Within Two is my favorite game of the year. But if I'm going to put my game of the year hat critically on, if I'm going to put my newspaper hat on and we're voting on this thing, it's Persona 5. Okay. But my personal, for me and me alone. Yeah. For me and me alone, Evil Within 2. For sure. (laughs) For the world and for what I really think is the goatee, the game of the year that everyone should play, it's Persona 5. It's it's so tough and why, like... (laughs) I don't dread game of the year, but it's it's really difficult to sort out your feelings because I was having a conversation the other night where I'm like, yeah, you know, I really, I put Persona 5 up there and I think like the thing that I'm going to vote for, I want it to be Persona 5. It was just such an incredible experience for me. But the act of playing Breath of the Wild mm. might be something like that singular experience yeah. might be the best like moment that I True. had. If I had moments of yeah. 2017, it might be playing through Breath of the Wild. Now, I have a lot more complaints with Breath of the Wild than I do Persona 5, but, and just experiencing some of the specific insanity moments of Nier Automata, you know, like craziest storytelling moments, it's near for me. Mm-hmm. So you, you get all these weird categories. True. Hard to your feelings, but... Yeah, it is. But Zelda, game of the year. Zelda is our official Zelda game was of the our year. game of the year. My game of the year is Persona 5. Your favorite game of the year is... I think all three of us would for Persona. Yeah. But it's like, for me, it's like, hey... I'm cool with it. Breath of the Wild. 10 Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's the thing. It's yeah. Breath of the Wild where it's like I'm cool like you could this. change for me any day. Yeah. Like which one I want more. So I was like, okay, I it's win. I win no matter just what. Thinking about yeah, it. it's it's any right, dude. It's like picking kids, man. <laughs> it is like picking kids. I, I'm kind of worried about that. Like having a kid and then having a clear favorite. Like that. Just, I'm I gonna feel I, so bad. I think you'll be okay though. You think so? Yeah. Love them equally. 
Yeah, I think. Because I've got cats right now, and I really Uh-oh. do love both Uh-oh. of them equally. And Uh-oh. so it's I hope different. that's what fatherhood is it's like. It's got to be different. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Although, one of the cats smells. We got we to gotta deal with that. <laughs> that's That's been a problem. We got to deal with the smell. And I think it's coming from his mouth, and so when he bathes Halitosis. himself. Yeah, we got to deal with that. That's a problem. Time anyway, event. time for the game. Time for the game. Brush those teeth. So the way that this is going to work, you're going to have multiple choices. You're going to have three options. Please wait until I say the name of the developer and all three options. Okay. Then, then you Hotake. can answer. You must whisper Hotake into the mic. The first person to whisper Hotake gets to answer. If you get it wrong, the other person gets a chance to take your point. Are we ready, contestants? Yeah. Ready. First developer, Naughty Dog. I knew this is coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, option A, Wave the Warrior. B, Keith. The Thief, C, Crash Bandicoot. Ooh, Brad coming in. Uh, it's Crash Bandicoot, right? Not Crash she- Bandicoot. Here we get a chance to steal. Your options are Way of the Warrior or B, Keith the Thief. I like you went for it, Brad. I've never heard of these. Oh, okay. Yeah. Way of the Warrior. Incorrect. Both wrong. Never even heard of these games. game called Keith the Thief. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. What even is that game? So apparently it is a it is a computer made for the... Apple II, I believe. Oh, man, that's way uh, RPG then. that's got like this really kind of How funny, exaggerated style, at least according to the Bonk Star. But what year at, was this? I don't know what year Keith like, You should. Decade. Give me you the should, decade. You should play it. Yeah, give me the decade. Some here. Naughty Dog fan you are, I Huber. know. Go look up Keith the Thief after the show. Okay. okay. Go cool. Go look up Keith the Thief after the show. We got to move on. All Nobody right, gets a on. point there. Another one. I. It feels like I'm targeting Huber with a lot of these choices that I'm not. It's just... Right. The options that I came up with, they Just seemed like good options. Just get me out of this frame trap, dude. Remedy. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have, the options are A, Death Rally, B, Max Payne, C, Agents of Storm. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Death Rally. Is Death Rally? What the well hell is done? that? Like, it's car, car combat game. Oh, okay. Man, was that a like PS1 one game? PS1 era? PC. That era, probably? Mm-hmm. PC. That's yep. big back then. Yep, yep, that's right. You ever nailed it. Next one. Brad, I feel like you got a chance with this one. Oh boy. I feel like you both chance <laughs> <laughs> with this one. Platinum Games. Boom. Oh. Oh, so as Platinum Games. As remember, Platinum as Games. As Platinum Shoot. Games. Okay. Is it A, Mad World, B, Anarchy Reigns, or C, Infinite Space? So is it Okay, I I'm know. not sure that was a hotel game, but we'll give it to I you. I know Mad World came out before Anarchy Reigns. I'm pretty sure. I'm okay. gonna say C. Uh the Okay, the other thing that I do want to stipulate that should be said is we're saying released in North America. Okay. You're going to say C? Yeah. So the options are A, Mad World, B, Anarchy Reigns, C, Infinite Space. You said C. I'm going to say C. Okay, incorrect. Uh, Mad World. Correct. Brad's on the board. Trust in my God. That's the only one I knew or knew about. So I, I like, always I wanted to play Anarchy Reigns, dude. I did play Anarchy Reigns. what's his name yeah, from Mad World's in it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I was like, ah. I never played it. Yeah, it it was really fun. Uh, there were not a lot of people playing online, no. uh, and it kind of relied on that. <laughs> but it was fun Dang when it. I played it. Yeah, that was that was one that got away from me. The, the swimming in seven mm. that, mm. that failed to be. It is definitely one of those. <laughs> yeah, I I'm sorry. I meant to bring that up at the top, uh, but I am when I when I do these developers, I'm saying released in North America first under this name. Dude, so Mad World's cool. that's on me. That's yeah, Mad World is really. I cool. can go for a Mad World too. I could go for that. Sure. 
on Switch. <laughs> you know, I'd be happy with just uh, I don't. I played Mad World, yeah. a good chunk of Mad World. I don't a think I finished Mad World, and like I love the games coming to Switch. That's so like, oh, I didn't finish that. Yeah, it's a really good spot for Switch for <laughs> me. Next one, Ninja Theory. A, Heavenly Sword. B, Enslaved. C, Kung Fu Chaos. Okay. It's a close call. I think I heard Huber first. Okay. Kung Fu Chaos. Incorrect. Oh, it was Heavenly after Sword. Heavenly Sword? No, so this is where the rule comes in. North America? No. No, as Ninja Theory? As Ninja Theory, the first one was uh, Heavenly Sword. They were under a different name for uh, Kung Fu Chaos. I remember that too because it's on Xbox. Yes, Xbox technicality. Original. Technicality yes. there, yep. but Brad takes it. Tricky Damn question. It. Tricky, ah. tricky question. <laughs> Next one, we have... Lionhead. Huber, this is your chance to tie it up. (laughs) Lionhead. We've got A, the movies, B, black and white, C, fable. Hotake. Brad. Fable? Incorrect. Shoot. Huber. Hotake, black and white? Correct. Black and white. Was he... Was that studio formed at that time? Because I know it was before, right? Black and white was the first game that they made, Lionhead Studios. Mm. God games, bro. What? He loves his God, God games. He loves his God games. He also likes overpromising and not oh, delivering. Shots. I feel like that was a, this, this kind like of frame trap was a pretty intense level of difficulty, which I like. That's like yeah. not even a shot, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever happened to that like cube, cube. game? Yeah, were you doing that? You were tap, like you tapped the cube. Oh no, right? a couple happened, times. and like somebody won. He's, yeah, but he screwed the guy over. Right? Well, it was like I don't remember the exact details of it. It's been a long time. I thought like he got in on the god game that they were making yeah. but also fell through or whatever that seemed like a whole mess i don't know what i don't even remember the now? name of that god game you remember uh, like milo milo ventimiglia i was they, really excited showing about milo, milo. <laughs> i kind of bought into the hey, promise milo. of milo hi i shouldn't have it's like nah i'm good fable uh, people were asking us about uh huge crushing disappointments that we had uh-huh. or or like unpopular opinions they were asking us that on the q a i remember being really excited about fable and my friends were really excited about fable i remember playing the first fable getting through it really quickly and being like that was it i felt so burned by the original fable three like three fable games yeah it's hard to believe because i don't like fable three either it all they all kind of blend didn't finish three the pinnacle to me was the intro to fable two when you're the children in the snow village you're talking like Disneyland Christmas vibes. Unbelievable yeah. uh, intro, but beat two. Yeah, didn't bother. I beat them all. I think ones. two is the only one that I didn't finish. I finished one and yeah, three. I gave up on one and three. I think I'd like to revisit. Oh, did those. I beat one? I can't remember. I might have beaten one, but I for sure didn't beat three. I just remember really being burned on the original Fable Dude, and the, not liking it. The ending of three is for all of the, oh the ways gosh. that they talked it up I j- no, no no we're not no. going down the fable route we're not going down the fable route well, we but are going at the down. same time if they announce a new fable at Dude, I could really I'd be go on board for, I could really go for a new like real fable yeah fable I'd be all in yeah. on a new fable me too really yeah man I think about how much I didn't like fable 3 it's and and how boring it was for sure how much your decisions reboot it just the 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 frame the frame is there. You I'd know? be nervous. Like the visuals. It'd have to be in the right hands. If you What's told like, me, if you told me like Obsidian is gonna make the next Fable. Yes, we're in. We're good. Yes, I know they're gonna make good on the promise Come on, Obsidian of Obsidian. Yes, it. Obsidian could do it. Obsidian it's, could do it. Man. Obsidian could do it. For oh. me, it's like I got nothing to lose really. <laughs> With Fable. Oh, yeah, no investment. No yeah, I got like no stakes. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like Fable falls into that category where like 
there were enough good ideas and enough moments where like I can kind of see something mm-hmm. here. Like it wasn't total garbage. Yeah. But just that feeling of, of constant disappointment was also kind of <laughs> swimming in the waters at the same time. Yeah. At least yeah. for me. At least for Ben Moore. It's like you're swimming in sevens but you're not content in the pool. There's like a better pool over there. Uh-huh. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm having fun, but but uh, I, I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, both of you, since you tied, will have to break us. Cool. Wait a minute. Okay, because neither one of you got the first one. I was going to say, wait, did they tie? Yes, they did tie. Uh, not even one of you got a point oh, for the first dude, one. So you both it. have two. No, no, no. Even better. Collectively, oh. you'll have to to team up to break us out of the frame trap with either a word, a gesture, okay. some sort of action. What do you got for us? We're fighting. Uh, we're fighting so right now, and I'm dead, but you're alive. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta do that. How many Dragon Ball breakouts will there be? Or <laughs> is this his right arm? Was that? Like that? Yeah! <laughs> there we go. There it is. <laughs> You didn't want to do the fusion to fusion and dope. We've done like we've fusion done before. Though. Yeah, we've, we've done, done fusion oh, God, before. Do it again. It always gets us out. We'll get to a point <laughs> like Frame Trap 120 where it's like, okay, we've done every scene from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. 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 Then we go to Naruto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. We got more games to talk about. Um, I always like it when we can all chime in on the game, uh, but this is this is one that I've just been playing on my own. Uh, Kirby Star Allies, I finished. Yeah, we've finished played a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You have played a little bit of Kirby Star Allies. Um, I played it mostly by myself. I played with you guys mm-hmm. on the stream co-op, um, and then I played the demo co-op as well. Um, so Kirby Star Allies is a game, we, you talked about that phrase that we like to use a lot, swimming in sevens, uh, and that's that's sort of how I feel. Uh, it's, it's a very charming, good-looking game. It's kind of fun getting the different powers and seeing what they will do. Uh, you can combine them now. So if you have like a, a cutting blade, you can light it on fire and there'll be puzzles where you have to combine things a certain way to get through it. And as Bloodworth says in his review, <laughs> the final boss fight is crazy anime bullshit in a really good way. Nice. Uh, they kind of just, and I remember Triple Deluxe really amping up at the end too. Uh, they really amp everything up and you have this big dramatic fight that is a lot of fun to go through and to witness. Um, I think my problem with Kirby Star Allies is it's fun and I liked it and I was glad that I bought and played it but it never really, outside of the ending, it never really had a moment where I was like, oh man, that was really clever. Like, it'll have these ideas, uh, but then they just keep reusing them. So they'd be I, these. I feel like that's just what a Kirby game feels like always for me, though. Did, did, I, you, I did you play single player the whole way? Single player? I played single player pretty much the whole way. Yeah. Okay. I've, done a, little like, bit, I've when, done a little bit of co op. When has a Kirby game, like, blown you away? Triple Deluxe. I don't know if blown me away, but I don't even know if I'm asking to be blown away. I just. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Kirby's just kind of like. It's in the seven territory for me, like forever. That's where it is. Yeah, it's tough because I think we're getting into this territory where we're dealing with my memory of something. You know, I haven't mm-hmm. been playing Kirby back to back, but I remember Dreamland Two, and I loved the levels in Dreamland Two, where I, I felt like I was being constantly surprised. Things were escalating and changing. It's been it's been forever since I've played Dreamland Two. I don't even have my copy of Dreamland Two anymore. But Triple Deluxe is a more recent mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. where. At least what I remember of Triple Deluxe is as I was going through it, I felt like things were constantly fresh. And there are so many moments in 
Star Allies where it's like, okay, you got to get through these rocks and it will tell you, you need to combine this thing with that thing, do it and get through the locks. And so it's just like, you kind of just stop, you do the thing that they make abundantly obvious and then you go through. And I I see people say like, oh, it's a, it's a kid's game. It's supposed to be easy, but even Kirby's Epic Yarn, mm-hmm. okay? In Kirby's Epic Yarn, because you are made of yarn, you transform into so many different things throughout that whole game. Like, yes, I, re- I feel like I remember things repeating, but I going into a level in Epic Yarn, I have the sense of, I don't really know what I'm going to expect. And that, there were some surprises in Star Allies, but not enough to keep me invested. Like, I, I remember being in the, the final world, and like, oh man, we're, we're kind of doing this thing again? Uh, and I just, I felt like they could have uh, not like reused ideas as much. It's a multiplayer game focus, so maybe it some is. of that like creativity got lost in making it more a competent, uh, not even a competent, like a uh, multiplayer focused game. They were focusing more on the sense of people playing together instead of like how you were looking at it for like things changing every now and then. For sure, for sure. And having not played through the game co-op, I think that is a fair mm-hmm. Uh, thing to argue, but just coming at it from my perspective. Right, of course. Uh, and even when I did play, so like I played the demo all the way through co-op and I did play with you guys co-op, I still got kind of the same sense mm, okay. where it's like, okay, you come over here, you do this thing, yeah. you hit the up button, you go and you do it. It just... <clears throat> I think four players too felt like way too much. It was a lot of chaos. It was way yeah. too much chaos and not the good kind of chaos. And, right. and it was start and stop, start and stop. Granted, we were kind of learning how to play, but but there were still so many moments where it was like, you know, come this way or, or let me give you this. And mm. it just felt too cluttered. So right. I think maybe two players... You know, I'd be, I'd be anxious spot. to go through this game sure. with two people I can agree and see how the flow is in that sense. And I think that might be the sweet spot. Yeah, I'm thinking of like Kirby All-Star. It's like two player pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it felt way less chaotic. You could focus on the game more, a little more variety from what I remember. It's been a long time since I played that too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel you with All-Star. Kind of yeah. just like, all right. It's like fun. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. But- At least Kirby, like... You know, you look at Sonic. I like Sonic Forces uh, and Sonic Unleashed. Uh, <laughs> but you look at Sonic and he's had some really high highs and really low lows. Mm-hmm. And Kirby's kind of maintaining, you know? Rarely, yeah. me personally, uh, I, I don't think I've ever played a terrible Kirby game. But I've played some terrible Sonic games. So... What do you what do you think of that, Ben? You know, you well, you're a Kirby fan. It's like, would you rather have this franchise live on in mediocrity and have okay games every couple years, or would you rather have it be Sonic, where you get some really good ones and some really terrible ones, or would you rather it be retired? Or option D, would you rather have it be Mario and Zelda, where you get one every like four years, five years? <laughs> it's interesting because I was talking to Blood about it and. And he brought this up, and I completely agree with him, where Kirby, it feels like sometimes you have the safest... They alternate between the safest games you could possibly imagine where it's just kind of like, hey, it's Kirby as you know it with a twist. Mm-hmm. But then they also have the, the most outlandish spinoff games. You know, you've mm-hmm. got things like like Canvas Curse and Rainbow Curse where it's like, I control Kirby entirely by creating lines. You've got the, the Game Boy Advance game where you have to like tilt, tilt to move yeah. him around. Uh, you've even got things like Kirby Dream Course where it's this crazy golf game. And so Kirby has all these like crazy wild ideas and then you play something like Star Allies and it's like... Th- why does it feel like there's not enough here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
my problem with it is I'm okay with like safe Kirby. I like safe Kirby. It's still fun, you know, sucking up a dude. This is going <laughs> to, somebody's going to clip this out and it's going to sound awful. <laughs> sucking up a dude and getting his power. Like that's still, <laughs> that's still kind of fun, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think with Star Eyes specifically, like when we're playing co-op, and not immediately having fun and it just kind of being a mess and it doesn't really feel like like we have to use each other in a cool, fun way with four people, right? Or when it's like, hey, you can combine powers and it's like, why isn't this more fun? Like there would be times I'd be going through Star Allies and I'd be like, oh yeah, I guess I could combine a power and I could be a little bit more powerful. Like I would just forget about it until the game would stop me and be like, hey, do you want to get this secret? You have to combine a power a certain way. And I don't think it should feel like that. Yeah. Like, even for a kid's game, I know it, it can be easy. It can be for kids. That's yeah, totally it's fine. it's not even like the act of it being easy, though. Right. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to go out of your way to add this new thing, make it feel like more of a presence. Well, because, like, Epic me. Yarn, super easy game, too. Right. But it was more easy. exciting going through that yes, game. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that's just, that's the sense that I'm trying to convey. Mm-hmm. However... At the same time, if somebody came up to me and they're like, man, I'm just dying for some Kirby. I want to suck up a dude and get his powers. I'm like, this this will get your fix. You yeah, know, if you're, if sure. You're, I think it sure. is good enough that if you know what you're looking yeah. for. If you like Kirby, you'll probably have a good time. You'll be kind of satisfied. It's just, I got this sense of this entire game. And I think the final boss fight especially illustrated it to me. Where it's like, you could have done more here. You okay. could have done more gotcha. uh, for this to be to be exciting. Hopefully they learn from it then. More consistently. Yeah. I try not to do this. Uh, this is my own fault. But there's another game that I want to talk about. Oh, geez. Breaking uh, the rules. Yeah, breaking the rules. Uh, and that is Super Castlevania 4. Yeah! My favorite. Is it your favorite? Yeah, it's, well, it's my favorite Castlevania. Okay. So sometimes I get in these like moods. Uh, Onimusha was, was one good. of these things. Uh, the Mega Man run through that I did where I'm, I just, I'm really stressed out. And like, I've been working a lot recently. I've been going through a lot of stressful things. We just had the anniversary. And I'm like, I just want to play something in one sitting. I want it to be 2D. I want it to be really reasonably challenging. And I realized, like, I had played a lot of Castlevania 4 before, even somewhat recently. It's like, okay, I've been through the treasury. But I don't, I was like, I haven't gone through the whole thing. I haven't yeah. defeated Dracula. So I'm like, I'm going to sit down and in one sitting on my SNES classic, I'm going to play through Sick. Super Castlevania 4. And that's made even easier because you got save states and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had an incredible time. And we were talking about uh, Kirby, right? And we were talking about how it's like, man, why were they not being more creative here? Why Why is it? Why do I have the sense that there wasn't enough? It's Super Castlevania 4. You do so much crazy shit, man. Like... <laughs> I, the first time you 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 grab onto this thing and the room starts wow. rotating yeah. and then you have to yeah. land on this platform and huh. you have to fend off Medusa heads and then you have to get back on the platform huh. and it rotates again or you're in this like giant barrel and it's rotating around behind you and you're walking and the floor is collapsing uh, or you get into this ballroom and ghost dancers it's like you're uh, what's that ride haunted it's like you're in haunted mansion yeah. in Disneyland and you're experiencing Seriously. it and the table is moving and you just never know what to expect and with every scene like there's a picture and it'll grab you it's so much fun and uh i've seen people online uh very popular people criticize that it really sucks that you can weapon so many directions that, that kind of takes away from the the castlevania what? nature what? of it Come on. that it makes it too easy that seems to upset you yeah why is that? It just makes me feel more in control instead of like some random BS where this guy's in a really stupid area that I can't hit. Mm-hmm. 
if it makes it like, hey, I get hit, I have the opportunity to uh, avoid the situation if I played this properly instead of just some random BS, right? Like, can't whip in this specific direction. It's like, it's one of those things that what they did, and I'm kind of mad they never went back to with the whip. Like, I think about like Rondo of Blood, and, like, yeah. you don't have much control. I don't know if that's before it or not. But it's like, dude, this is like the perfect amount of whip control. I feel in control as Simon Belmont right here. And he's kind of like, eh, no, let's take that back. It's you like, said, you said I'm this sorry. It's like it's they're okay. saying, please give me all. It's like they're give saying, I don't like this thing because I like the stupid frustration part of the old Castlevania. It's like, well, I love the old Castlevania as much as everyone else, but it's like, this is like clearly superior in this control of your whip. I, I think the argument is working around limitations, right? Where it's, it's not that like, hey, I like this because it feels bad. It's like, this is what I can do. How do I deal with enemies mm-hmm. where I can't just whip up and, and attack? Dude, them? you could have totally made a whip like that on the NES versions. A whip that did in every direction. You can do that. You could have programmed like mm-hmm. something, at least in four ways. Like in the old Castlevania, it's hit or hit and that's it. Yeah. But when this, when you got four, you got like every single angle around you. It's like, yes, this is perfect control for this. Well, and what I want to say about the level design in Castlevania 4, and I think maybe why you're, why you're hearing the too easy stuff about Super Castlevania 4, I think Super Castlevania 4, from the classic Castlevania games that I've played, has the best, like, natural curve, curve of difficulty. Sure, yeah. Because it does start out much easier than a lot of them, where I think if, if you're playing Castlevania, you're going to have... A tougher time in Castlevania 1 more quickly, or in Castlevania 3, from what I remember of Castlevania 3, it's been a long time. Dude, Castlevania then you will, 3 is not easy. Sure. Yeah, that's what I remember. Uh, and especially in like Rondo of Blood or Dracula X. In Castlevania 4, I feel like you can anybody can kind of get through the first few levels yeah. with little difficulty. But it does ramp up, and you're getting to these moments where it's like, okay, the way that they're positioning enemies, like... You're going through the hallway and you have like this, they only use it in like this one section of the game Mm -hmm. that like colored mist that even if you go off screen, it will follow you and it'll bounce around. (laughs) Even though you can nip in all these directions, it's still kind of hard to deal with. It's this new threat. You'll have very vertical sections later on where it's like, okay, I can whip in all these directions, but how do I get to that platform? The game, yeah. The game like takes that in consideration in its design, which is great. Yes. I I feel like it, it keeps in mind how how versatile you are and creates new challenges around that. But, Michael Huber, you mm. said this was your favorite one. Yeah. And I'm somebody that holds Castlevania 1 in really high regard. I mm. love that game. Uh, what is it about Castlevania 4 that you love, even over something like Symphony of the Night? Uh, just vibes. Symphony of the Night is, like, too clean for me. It's a very, like, clean game. <laughs> okay. Castlevania... I, I'm not sure I understand this. Castlevania 4 is, like, this kind of grimy, old old world vibe to me mm. it's hard for me to put into words but so when you when like, you like, think uh, of castlevania 4 what's the first thing that pops like rough and gruff old world classic vampire story okay where Symphony of the night has just this kind of like sleek it's a sleek game do, do you think a lot of that has to do with the protagonist like you, you think about Alucard, Alucard versus, versus yeah, Simon totally. who's in armor and a web. You totally, think that's a big part of it? Totally. Okay. Loves okay. love Symphony of the Night. One of the okay. greats. Not criticizing it at all. 10 no. out of 10. It's like comparing okay. uh, Samurai 64 to, to the, uh, Galaxy or something, you know? No, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to make the title of this video. You know, Hubert hates <laughs> Hubert Symphony of the Night. Symphony yeah. Night. <laughs> no, uh, you're among friends. But like you were saying, the difficulty curve, Ben. Yeah. Uh, when Lords of Shadow came out, uh, when I was in college, I went back and I was going through all the Castlevania games uh, just mm-hmm. to, just to catch that. up. And Super Castlevania 4 was 
the one that stood out the most. It was the most fun to go through, you know? Symphony of the Night is such a big game. Uh, you know, people can speed run under, go through it in one sitting or whatever. But, you know, for a first playthrough, Symphony of the Night yeah, is a, a sure. intimidating game. It's a large game. Yeah. Uh, Super Castlevania Four st- still has that, I'm going to sit down and go through this in one go. Yes. So has that old style yes. of going through an o- old video game. Yes. Uh, which I, I love. You are, I completely agree. And because now, even when you get the games, the, the new independent games that are paying homage to, to something like, like Mega Man mm-hmm. or, or, or Castlevania or Metroid, they're great a lot of times. There are a lot of good games that are, that are aping that style, but they're also really long. Yeah. Like they're, they're 10 <laughs> or 15 or 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. I want more games where it's like, I can just sit down on a Saturday night and get through yeah, this and sure, have yeah. a good time and fight Dracula. Yes. 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 Yeah, I think all of us prefer... I don't know if, well, at least I do, like the style of the older ones where you're going yeah, through just the art like, stages. I would say like instead of the more Metroid ones, I was always a fan of the yeah. Castlevania's more where you go through like specific yes. stages. Don't get me wrong. I like the Metroid ones a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like that's the kind of Castlevania I like. Like if they brought Castlevania back, that's kind of I would want. Hmm. I'm realizing that I didn't, like growing up, I didn't appreciate Castlevania in the way that I should. Like I took it, what I'm saying is I took it for granted. Where like Ooh, I would play would them know? and enjoy them, but I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll get to this DS one eventually. And now that like we don't get Castlevania a lot anymore, I'm like, I, I'll never do that again. Like you <laughs> release a super good new <laughs> Castlevania, I'll play that immediately. Mm-hmm. I promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know there are a lot of I feel that way with Mega Man. Like I always kind of felt like Mega Man would be there. Yeah. Uh, and it's he's coming back though. Yeah, he's coming back. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's been a long time. Oh yeah. It's, it's been a long time since Mega Man. Castlevania will rise again. Maybe. You think so? 100%. I need it, Draft man. your tweets to guarantee it's I, Castlevania. I, need it, I don't even know if Twitter will be around by the time it comes out. Castlevania's coming. There is a 0% chance that Lords of Shadow 2 is the final Castlevania game. What makes you say that? Gut feeling. Gut feeling, okay. Gut feeling, vibes, optimism. Castlevania will Unless return. Someone gets the the rights to Castlevania from Konami, or Konami like completely changes, I could easily see there never being another Castlevania. But I could see Konami milking it and be like, oh, people like Castlevania, let's make some money. And yeah, make they one. make pachinko machines with <laughs> it instead. They already did. Hubert, do you think Bloodstain will fill the void in our hearts? To an extent. Uh it can be a great game, but it's still not Castlevania. Sigurashi. Yeah. But it's like it's still not Castlevania. There's no Belmonts. There's, there might I be Dracula. Like, I don't know. I feel but like, yeah, it'll it'll scratch the itch in one way. But it's like, does the Evil Within two scratch my Resident Evil itch? Yeah, in a, in a way. But it's still not the G the G virus or or BOW. But it's like you know, it's still different. With Castlevania stories, it's like the Belmont family fighting Dracula throughout history, mm-hmm. and like that's it. There's like. Like the storylines connecting them together, there's like not really that much, dude. Yeah. There's like you got you got a uh, Curse of Darkness being the prequel or the sequel to three, and you got like one, and you got two being connected, kind of. And it's just like the stories are pretty much basically boiling down to Dracula's here every hundred years, let's kill his ass. <laughs> yeah. And when Resident Evil, there's like a huge like totally. connecting story going along with it. Totally, totally. Like in in Dawn of Sorrow, there it's, there's like weird. I mean, there's connections. It's, it's really weird, but it's like it's nowhere close. I think 
the amount of like story and depth that you see to in, like, keep Resident it Evil. going. Yeah. yeah, that's why I feel like Bloodstain. I mean, it is Igarashi that's like the guy doing that Castlevania. Like everyone freaks out about. Yeah, everyone loves. So I feel like it could fill that void for me. Like nice. there's could be a vampire in it. I bet. Yeah, there's gonna be a vampire in it. So yeah. I'm like, that's what I. That's what I need from Castlevania. Yeah, I I am realizing how much style plays into my love of Castlevania and when I when I get hungry for Castlevania it is that I I want that whip I want to fight a mummy I want to see the reaper I want Dracula to open the cape and have fireballs come out like it is it is the way that it looks I mean I, of course it's the way it feels and and the the very good level design Castlevania 4 is incredible level design but uh, when I I think when the the excitement what sends me over the top are those stylistic elements for sure yeah oh yeah yeah. Remember too, I there's think, that. I think uh, Let's think could hopefully do that. There's that Netflix anime. We're gonna get a season two of yeah, Castlevania. I gotta do that. So somebody put a gun to my head. Put a gun to my head. I will. So Castlevania lives. You got like, a week. We're, we're okay. gonna get or another. Fired. Thank you. Or Thank you're fired. Thank you. Like Thank you. to think that Castlevania will not rise again is. I don't think as a game like. Maybe like the, my my hope is that Konami like somehow sees success with the anime. They're like, yeah, let's capitalize yeah. on it. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, they made Metal Gear survive. Like they're they're that's, yeah, that turned out great. Say what you will about the game, they're still gonna dip into their franchises. Like Konami is just like we're not we're in Valve now. We're not making them, games. I don't want them to dip. I want them to rise. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. No dipping. Rising only. Let me throw some names at you. Silent Hill. Contra. Rocket Knight Adventures. Okay, that's a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> big stretch. Big stretch. Big stretch. stretch. Castlevania. Help us out, Konami. I'm just saying. Konami I, needs to be bought by like some jolly billionaire. Sell the rights. <laughs> like, I realized that I took some things for granted. That these 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 series mean a lot to me. I want them to rise again. I want them to yeah. be successful. How annoying is it there hasn't been a collection of Castlevania games yet? Like an ultimate collection. Yes. How yeah. annoying that's is annoying. that? That's annoying. E3. Like, Let's it. go. Castlevania collection. When you pre-order the Shenmue <laughs> HD collection, you'll get the Castlevania. Like just give me all the Nintendo ones at least. Like give me one, two, and three at least. Something for God's sakes. I think it's easy. We've been playing games for a long time. We get attached to things. It's easy to to miss things, to long for things, to to realize that you didn't appreciate them enough in their time. And one of those things that I hope is always around. And I don't know if it's going to be because it's it's always scary. One of the things that I hope is always around, uh, something that we haven't talked about yet on this podcast. Is it Hotake? I want to mess around with Hotake uh, a lot. I want to try new things. I don't, uh, some things I'm going to like, some things I'm not going to like. Okay. This is a brand new thing that we've never tried on Hotake before. World Much premiere. like last time. World premiere. Uh, we're going we're gonna to call it Sinking or Swimming. Sinking or swimming. And this was directly inspired by the panel. I knew Brad and Huber were going to be on, and we've talked about it already. It's come up multiple times on this podcast. Swimming in sevens. Yeah, like five times right. Yeah, yeah. it's come up a lot. <laughs> All uh, of them are from Huber, too. <laughs> we're going we're going in even further. And what I want to do is we talk about the value of, you know, you talk about that Rotten Tomatoes and people won't see it unless it gets 90%, yada, yada. And we talk about the value of something being deeply flawed but still enjoyable. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. We preach that a lot. But I actually want to take us to task and I'm going to look at... Games that Easy Allies has given three and a half stars, roughly equivalent <laughs> to a seven. And we're going to go and we're going to discuss. If we think. If, if it's swimming or sinking. 
where when you hear the title and you think about what's in that game, you would actually want to swim in a pool with this game and revisit it and commit that time when time is so precious and there are so many games. But we're going to go a step farther. I've got some games from the game trailers era. As long as it got between a 7 and a 7-5, you're going to tell me if it's sinking or swimming. <laughs> okay. Now, some of you got some of these games you're not going to have experience with, and so you may not be able to answer. So we're going to have to be a little bit loosey goosey. But as much as possible, I want you to tell me if okay. you're sinking or swimming with these games. Now we're going to hit start off with a heavy hitter for this Hotake, uh, a review that generated a little bit of controversy that I still haven't played, but that Michael Huber reviewed. Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, Clank. Oh. three and a half stars. Are we sinking or swimming with we're Ratchet? Swimming. We're, we're swimming. We're swimming. Swimming with this game. Now, when we're swimming with it, that means you would go, you'd play it right now, you'd have a good time. Oh my God, yeah. This game is amazing. The only reason that I did not score this game a little higher was because Ratchet and Clank is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Every single Ratchet and Clank, I ad- the mainline, I adore. The problem I had with this game was that from a longtime Ratchet and Clank fan to to go back and to use 95% of the same weapons and go through a lot of the same environments, it, that took a lot away from me. That's a it, huge dent. That is a huge dent. Ratchet and Clank is built off going to crazy different worlds and finding insanely wacky weaponry, and this game used old weapons from the franchise, and that was the biggest thing. You know, A Crack in Time, to me, is the best Ratchet and Clank game. It's the peak. It's the most fun to play and the most emotional, so you mm-hmm. get both fronts. You get a really emotional adventure, uh, the, the culmination of the franchise, if you will, uh, and this game felt like a step back in a lot of ways. Obviously, the tech was a huge step forward. The act of playing this game is so enjoyable. You will have a smile on your face and a grin on your face, and you will have fun from very beginning to very end. But when you hold it up against the rest of the franchise, it felt like a step back. I think that was a very good explanation. Yeah. I think that that just about covered it. Yeah. What I liked about that is it almost sounds like you're saying Ratchet and Clank is kind of the epitome of a swimming in seven. This, this one. one. This one. Yes, yes. Well, yes. This, this one. It's so different, and that's why this review was so controversial, because if you've never played Ratchet and Clank ever, you're going to have a great time. This game is a nine. Sure, sure, sure. This is a nine out of ten. But, but I least. think fundamentally what you're saying is you, you have this very specific thing mm-hmm. that is huge down against the game, but underneath all of that, you had a great time. It's yes. not. It's not that you... There's not painful memories we're bringing no, up about No, about so Russian fun. Clank. Brad, do you have any opinion on Ratchet and Clank? Uh, yeah, I've played this one. I, oh, this one. Um, Are we seven or seven? Or yeah, we're swimming at seven, dude. Okay. Yeah, that's seven, dude. Okay. That's fun. Uh, the next one, I they, I haven't played through uh, that Ratchet and Clank, so I, I'm mm. not gonna I'm not gonna say one way or the other. Dude, go back to it now, man. Okay, so fun. It was just on PS Plus uh, in March, I think, right? Yeah. Or yeah. February or Something March? Like that, yeah. So a lot of people were going through, and it's jolly. I. I've just been kind of in this, like, going through retro games I, I didn't either fully finish or, mm-hmm. or get around to. Yeah. So we'll have to see. But Easy game to go through. Yeah, just I believe you. cozy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next one we have on the list, I feel like I have a lot of opinions about, is Gears of War 4. Are oh, we swimming right. or sinking? Oh. We are sinking, dude. Are you, like, dude, we, fin- we haven't finished this yet. You think Gears of War 4 is sinking? I have gone through every single Gears of War except mm-hmm. 4 with Brad. We got halfway through this game. 
Done. I, we just kind of like so boring. So it, it boring. Just like, I don't know the appeal that we had with the other ones. Just kind of it fizzled. It fizzled out for us for some reason. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, man. There's it, nothing to latch on to. So, the the fighting isn't fun. I I will say this: when I played through Gears of War four, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. A fun enough campaign, and the reason I say that is because there are moments that still stick out in my mind. Uh, you're you're at the the Phoenix residence, and the locusts are coming in, and you're watching it get destroyed. I thought that was really cool. I think there are several really strong standout moments in Gears of War 4. I think the thing for me, and why I would also say sinking, is not because we at Easy Allies hate Microsoft. Uh, I think quite the opposite. But when it comes we to don't. like revisiting it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would grab Gears of War 4 versus the other three. Yeah, no. Not counting Judgment. Yeah. I'm going to put it above Judgment. But like, <laughs> yeah. I think I'd rather play through Gears of War 1 again. Oh, of course. I think I might want to play through Gears of War 2 again. I might pick it over Gears of War 3. I like Gears Love of War 3. 3. Do you get that beast mode? Yeah. Love that beast mode? No, 3 is good. I had a good time. The beast mode? Is that in 4? I can't remember. remember dude. I think it is. Love beast mode. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it is. Uh, but... Speaking about the multiplayer, I, I didn't feel like there were enough changes. No. The multiplayer. And I'm not coming from like a huge, like, I know everything about Gears of War multiplayer. I'm just talking about a general feeling. Like, Gears of War 4 to me felt good, but like, I kind of got what I wanted from it and I will never return to it. Yeah, you're like, it. okay. But I think about Gears of War 1, like, I was playing that game for months and months and months, and the same was true of 2. I was yeah. playing that for months and months and I months. I was just talking to a friend about Gears of War 1 on an HD TV when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Crazy. One of the most mind-blowing things of all time growing up. Like, that was a moment. Gears of War on an HD TV. Because, like, yeah. not a lot of people had HD TVs Oh, it looked incredible. Well, uh, Gears of War Voxel. was one of those games mm-hmm. you, you showed to somebody, and you're like, I can't believe we went. Happened. Yeah, we, we yeah. went to a friend's house because I didn't have a 360, my friend had the 360 with Gears of War on a big HGTV, and it was like, what? Yeah. Video games? Looks crazy. What? Right. <laughs> so cool. I feel the same way about Halo 5, and it's a game that I gave a, a, a high score to at Game Trailers, but I just it didn't stick with me in the way that I thought mm. maybe it would. Like <sighs> Another I just, game I didn't finish like going through it with you. I, finally, I finished it. I liked it. Yeah, I had to go back and grind it out. Unlike Halo know, 1, 2, 3, or, or even Reach, I feel like I played a lot more of mm-hmm. multiplayer-wise. Uh Fighting its identity again, you know. These franchises sure. have changed hands. They are not yeah. what they used to be. Yeah, of course. It's going to happen. They it's went happen. from that creative passion of a studio building something and then handing it off to someone to kind of keep it going. There, there's something lost there. Right. You, you know, like, think about a year after God of War Ascension came out, you're mm-hmm. like, ah, this this needs to find itself, and yeah. now it is again. Yeah, yeah. And so you you do get. A, I'm not <laughs> saying that Gears of War won't ever come back and grab me, and we oh. won't be excited again. Yeah, I'm Honestly. so hopeful for I'm another just, Gears of War. I'm just yeah, saying we're we're in the sinking phase right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Good. Any Gears of War news would excite me. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Sure, like. Say what you will about how you feel about the last game. But. Do we all agree, though, that Gears of War 4 sinking seven? Sinking. Okay. Sinking hard. Get those card packs. Those uh, loot boxes. <laughs> another one that we gave. Does that game have to. loot boxes that give you cards? Is I that, can't remember. <laughs> like, that's unprecedented. You open a loot box, you get some cards. <laughs> right? You get those like jeep, jeep, jeep. Doesn't uh, is like, it card? Halo Five has cards. <laughs> Doesn't like uh, Battlefront do that? You get like cards. Yeah, true, true. From like a loot box. <laughs> yeah, you open do. a loot box. Pa- open a loot box. 
Get a card pack. When you it, open what's going to be the first game pack. where you open a box and you get another box? <laughs> what's going to be that first game? Where it's like you open a loot box to see the rarity of loot oh, box you, that you get. That's yeah, so that's, funny. That may have already happened. Another thing we have on here <laughs> that I'm a little hesitant to comment on because the tiny bit that I did play I thought was really charming. Uh, Brett, I think you played more of it than I did. World of Final Fantasy. I played a little more of it than you. I didn't sure. play a lot of it either. Are we sinking? I I mean, it seemed I, okay. It seemed I've okay never played when it. I played I've it. never played it. I thought it was charming enough and the battle system was interesting enough with the stacking that I want to return to I it. Like, I think that wanting to return to it is a yes, big factor. Yes, I liked what was there, but I think it came out like pretty close to 15. Yeah. And I was like, bye. It came, <laughs> at, a, it came at a bad time. Exactly. Exactly with World of Final Fantasy, where like I would have people... I remember we had the Easy Allies meetup at, around PSX, and somebody came up and they're like, oh man, World of Final Fantasy is great. I like it more than 15. And uh, I believe them, and I want to return to it. It just... I remember at the time World of Final Fantasy came out, it was like, I got to put this above it. Yeah. And so it just got, it got slotted out. Yeah. But I'm going to say swimming with it. I'm going to say swimming for now. I liked what I played. What's the, um, Four Swords on GameCube? Four Swords? Four Swords Adventures. Yeah. Oh God, I love that game. What brought that? Yeah, what the hell? Is that World of Final? No, that's no. Zelda, dude. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Crystal Chronicles. You're thinking of Crystal Chronicles. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I just trying to follow sorry. the train of thought. Yeah. Sorry. What? Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna skip over some of these. Depending on where we're at with time, we might come back. Uh, but what I do want to do is is arms. Oh, are we sinking or swimming, dude? I'm, I'm sinking, dude. I'm sinking. That's not. I just don't really have a lot of interest in that game. Like, I could be fine with never playing it. It's tough because they 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 keep doing stuff with arms. They add new characters. Right. They're they're keeping it up much like they did with Splatoon. But I just don't have any desire to play it. Cuz you'd rather play Splatoon, right? I would rather play Splatoon. I would rather play like another Nintendo game or like another fighting game, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it's a competitive space right now, and I think for this type of game when you are so multiplayer focused, I think the sinking or swimming question is, do I want to play you over all the other multiplayer games? Isn't the answer that, is no. Isn't that a depressing and brutal feeling? It is a depressing Where you have to let things go. You have to, especially with multiplayer games. Especially mm-hmm. with multiplayer games. Where you have to pick. You, you have, have to, to make pick. Sophie's choice. And so I think, I, I like ARMS, but I think it's especially brutal against ARMS because it is multiplayer focused. Mm-hmm. Another one that we have a, a three and a half to, and I was actually surprised. This was higher than I was expecting. Lawbreakers. Oh, yeah. Huh. That game's still alive. I'm no, that game is sunk to the bottom of the I, ocean. Floor. I don't know how we could walk away it's from dead. this and say it's that dead. it's not. It's it was not fun for what I played it there. I liked yeah. it. I thought mechanically it was fun, but it just didn't have enough to set it over like that edge. I was like, okay, what, what's here is solid right now. Yeah. But then I just got like way over it. And so did everybody else. Like everybody, yeah, that game. Like I remember, like I remember, like a oh. week after looking, that game came out. I mean, just looking at the score or like how many people were playing. I was like, dude, this. The way that you're talking, surprising. I feel like this is a level beyond sinking. This I told is, you, this uh, is on the floor. Sunk. This is the ocean yeah, floor. This yeah. this game was DOA. I mean, yeah. I. Yeah. I don't know. I had fun playing it. I thought some of the stuff was like solid. I was like, oh, this is cool. You can have fun here doing this kind of thing. We're just like. Which is so sad because I know there's kinda... someone out there, there's some human being who all they wanted was another like Unreal Tournament style game and they got this and they were like, yeah, 
best. This is the best. Yeah. And this game just yeah just died. But then like you know, I mean, Quake but, came back and like people were playing that and stuff mm-hmm. instead of that. I think about the rise of of Fortnite. This is something we talked about before. I'm not gonna make this a huge big thing, but I think the reason. Fortnite is doing so well is because it's just it's just a better game than PUBG. It's it's I think it's just more appealing too. It's it's more appealing. They're updating it more. It feels fresher, more consistently than PUBG they does. It doesn't feel like yeah. such of a mess the way that PUBG does technically mm-hmm. a lot of times. I it just feels like they're making a lot of decisions that PUBG isn't making mm-hmm. um in terms of communication, in terms of updates. And I I think what I'm the point I'm trying to make here is when you're competing in the space that we all agree is so competitive, like you've got to be the best or wildly different enough that that comparison doesn't affect you that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't think Lawbreakers fits that. Correct. Yakuza Kiwami. Who scored I'm this? I scored it. I scored it. What did you score? A, I this? a three and a half. Whoa! I'm yeah. swimming in. I'm swimming in. Swimming, dude. Swimming swimming. Deep. I'm swimming in it. I'm getting out of the pool, offended that it's in the pool. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> it's it's a tough thing when it comes to scoring. I definitely agree that this is swimming. I think it's a strong three and a half. Yeah. I gave Yakuza Zero a four oh, out okay. of five. Perfect. And yeah. I stand by that. Yeah. Uh, I think Yakuza Zero is a great game. Obviously, we've talked about it to death, but there were like serious problems that I had uh, with some of the pacing of it, as mm-hmm. as well as the the combat really wearing thin. I think Kiwami is definitely a worse game than Zero. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I think. Its closeness to zero also affected my opinion of totally, it. Totally, totally. Doesn't mean it's bad. I yeah. think people should play Kiwami. Yeah. I especially yeah. think Majima Everywhere is a cool system. We're swimming. We're swimming. No oh, hard yeah. feelings. I'm like, yeah, I got a fun noodle in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I'm floating in an inner tube in yeah. this pool. <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun. Yeah, we're having fun. We're barbecuing. <laughs> yeah, who's going so far as the most swimming? Yeah, who's yeah. a pool party? Yeah, yeah, who's a pool party? Yeah. <laughs> Next game, Knack Two. Oh, dude. Swimming, I, I, I never need to play this, dude. I'm swimming. The swimming two I'm going to say sinking, man. Dude, Neck 2 was a great time. I don't ever okay. want... Yes, it was a great time. I don't ever want to play it again. I don't want to revisit I don't, it. I never, you're going to tell me? You're going to... Is Michael Huber really going to sit down no. with Neck 2? Unless they did it? some insane story beats with Neck 3. Like... They announced something with NAC 3, and I was like, all right, I'm going back. <laughs> like, prepare for NAC 3. That game is long. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a long game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I go back. So are, are you willing to comment sinking on NAC 2? Oh, man. This is a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm not sinking or swimming. What am I? What am I doing if I'm not doing either? You're Float- treading water. Yeah, I'm treading water. <laughs> treading water, water tread on NAC 2. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard one, because I still look back fondly at it. Yeah, and I would recommend it. Honestly, I think Nac Two is a solid game. Jolly. That's like that's kind of swimming. Good co-op game. That's doggy paddle. You know, if you have a roommate or something, this is a good game to go through together. Nac Two. Yeah. So, I think. But would I, I ever play it? Ag- but would I ever play it again? No. Right. So, it's a tough one. Assassin's Creed Origins. Swimming seven, baby. Swimming, swimming at seven. Swimming. If you if you like Assassin's Creed at all, man. See, I, I like, feel like I played like five, six, seven somewhere around it, and then I went to the preview event, and that was like mm-hmm. three hours, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, yeah, I, you're, you're sinking. 
You're sick. You're sick. I get it. Your enthusiasm for it is making me doubt myself. Dude, really like my it. enthusiasm for it is is a seven of enthusiasm. Oh I really it's like a it. seven. It's like, like the swimming sevens. seven rate. Yeah, I like sevens too. That's just what it is, man. It's, I mean, it is a very, very big game. Yes. So if you even have anything else you want to be doing at all, like <laughs> this game will annoy you because it is so big. You know, I, this, this is a game that like you you should only play if you love Assassin's Creed or if you have nothing better to do because <laughs> then you will enjoy it. So like that that sounds harsher than it is. Basically, it's just such a big time commitment yeah. that like you really got to give yourself to Assassin's Creed Origins. You know, you got to hand yourself over. Yeah, You got to surrender. Yourself. You got to be like, yo, for the next like two weeks, like I'm just playing Assassin's <laughs> Creed can Origins. Who do that? Exactly. I've got a, exactly. some semblance of a life. Yeah. Well, a lot of people probably do it. We're, yeah. very, we're very like rare cases in that sense. It's uh, tough. Like but the big thing for me, and I want to get your opinion on both of you. I want to get your opinion on yeah, this. Yeah. I thought the combat was not good. I did not think it's this like it. it's it out. it's decent. I I think I looked posit- positively on or because it was better than the old ones. It's I an thought. improvement. I on thought the it was franchise. an improvement. Yeah, especially yes. dude, where I was so tired of that BS, just waiting to counter everything, sure, dude. I'm not saying it was great in the past. I'm just saying for for such a big revamp and overhaul, it really left me wanting. Yeah. <laughs> Excited for the next one. Yeah. Really okay. excited. All right. Really, really excited. Also, I, I'm going to give it another you bring chance. Up, you bring up, you know, you, you, you put Origins in the title. Your franchise has been around for 10 years. You talk about treading water. I feel like that's what this story has been doing for the better half of a decade. Like, let's oh go. Oh, my God. Give us yeah. some answers. Let's get this thing back on track and let's put it all together Let's like just end it like it's time it's way past time and end when it. you promise that your game is called origins like there was really nothing to do with the grand scheme of assassin's creed there was one extremely important piece of information regarding like the animus one huge piece of information and that was it ubisoft like, doesn't care they're gonna they're gonna keep they're gonna keep straightening this out i know they, they can just, make a just reboot it man just reboot it that's why I love Watch Dogs. Get rid of the Animus. It sucks. Just give me that Watch Dogs 3. Watch Dogs. Dude, Watch Dogs 2, guys. Don't skip it. You know. Once you write, I don't skip you're right. it. You know, skip. at the time that I would spend Watch in Assassin's Creed Origins, two. I'm going to spend in Watch Dogs 2. Yes. yes. One just play. million there we go. percent. There we yes. go. I yeah. like Just this. play that, man. Yes. Yes. I think you okay. gave enough attention to Assassin's Creed. You're right. I'm yep. going to burn it. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> sinking for Ben. Sinking for Ben. And swimming burning. for these two. It's swimming. No. It's burning. You're right, though. Watch Dogs 2. Mm-hmm. And there's there's two games like from kind of around that time that I need to get back to. Watch Dogs 2, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Got to make that happen. Done. Got to make that happen. There you Perfect. go. All right. It's getting me pumped up. Don't Transformers it. Devastation going to the game trailer. Dude, I still, want, I still want to play this. I have it. Swimming, baby. I haven't played it yet. Why are we swimming here? We're- this is a feel-good game. Uh, this is a game. This is a game that one year from now, ten years from now, you could boot up on a system, say, hey, come play this. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a solid time. I respect it. I wanna play it. Especially with where like the Transformers franchise is in the world with the movies and stuff, this was a cool take on yeah, the it franchise. Was like, it was like going old school looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The animated series. Yeah, cool game. I got distracted. There were two timestamps that I forgot to write it's down. All good. We're swimming. Just, just We're makes swimming. My life harder. 
We're swimming. Yeah. Yeah. I knew Transformers Devastation was going to be a swimming. Let's see yeah. if I can pull one that might be a little bit more difficult. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Zero HD. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Zero K. <laughs> I beat that game twice? Kind of swimming? Kind of? Like, it's. I had fun going through the first time, I guess. You know, the treading the water was cute. But we're here to make calls. Are we sinking or swimming? Dude, okay. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say, I'm swimming. I'm swimming. Why are we swimming? I got problems with this game, but I still think it's fun. What's Especially, fun about it? Dude, it's like the classic uh, tank control RE. Those are like my favorite RE games. Got some spooky mansion stuff in this. Yeah, moving items around is kind of like is annoying, but I still have fun playing this game. A 7 is a game with problems, but we can still have fun with, damn it. And I still had a good time playing this game. Fighting a damn scorpion on a train? Yeah, that's weird and fun. I remember the train being my favorite part. Yeah. I remember hating managing inventory. Yeah, but the it's like... The worst inventory management It's the worst in ever. the series. But it's not like... It doesn't ruin the game for me. Like, yeah, it's annoying, but it doesn't ruin it for me. I respect it. I respect you. Brad's swimming. He's having a grand giant time. bat, dude. Whatever. He's, he's having a good I'm time. I'm down. Excluding, excluding Resident Evil 6, this is my least favorite. Of the main ones. Of the yeah, main of course. Um, this game has a lot of problems. The story <laughs> is so weird. Mm. Like, What was the point why, of it? Why does Rebecca not acknowledge anything then in Resident Evil, Evil 1? 1? I guess she's keeping Billy's secret. Who knows? I'm sinking, dude. He's the sin inventory management in this game just ruins it. Unless you are a locked-in speedrunner that knows exactly what you need when you need it, this game is a slog of going back and forth and dropping and taking items. It, it's... Yeah. I'm sorry, Resident Evil. Uh, so I, I played... I'm officially the Resident Evil guy now. <laughs> I finished... <laughs> I finished, like, almost all of the Resident Evil games mm -hmm. of the main line. Yeah. I played Resident Evil Zero when it came out. I got however many hours into it, got bored and stopped and didn't even feel that bad about it. Yeah, don't feel bad. It's fine, It's baby. filler. I'm it's swimming filler. by myself it's okay, in this but, pool. But because it's of that, I'm going to refrain from making the call. It should be classified as a spinoff. It really, you know, prequel. It's a prequel. Like, yeah. prequels aren't always mainline. Like, I would call this a spinoff, honestly. We got one swing. We take. got one sinking. Yeah. Last game that we're going to do in the Game Trails era. Another another infamous one. Good one to end on. 7.4 Alien Isolation. <laughs> <laughs> Get the footage, John. Get the footage. Favorite episode of, of Huber Hype of all time. Uh, I just it came at my coworkers' expense. Yeah, yeah. I just wanna I just wanna talk about this really quick. So I reviewed anything isolation. I gave it a seven point four. Uh, and then we had a just played where it was myself, Brandon Jones, and Ian Hink talking about it. And we said some some negative things. Brutal. On it. Brutal things. Well, you want to talk about brutal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the story's not done. Huber does a Huber hype. And Don edits it, and it's like black and white footage taking things like just statements, pulling them yeah, out like of the just play. Outlander statements. Like and you were like, look at these fools. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, no, it is my, very, it's very funny. My brother, for whatever reason, dude, this just happened. My brother 
like Alien Covenant came on HBO Go or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my brother was like going back and watching Aliens. And it was like, and then he was like searching it in YouTube and whatever for whatever. And that episode came up in his recommended. Nice. And we were talking about it. He was like, he was like, yo, putting your uh putting your friends on blast. <laughs> and, uh, that it, was, it was it was aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was very aggressive. It's so funny. Uh Alien Isolation <laughs> is a game. I think I, I actually think 7.4 is a little bit too low. But I think I would still keep it. In the seven range, really? Yeah, even now, really. Even now, well, I think, but there's so much good in Alien Isolation. There's mm-hmm. so much good. Yeah, and so I, I think it's definitely a swimming. I think people should play this game. Yeah, but uh, my, my biggest complaint of Alien Isolation still stands for me, and here's what it is: mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of that game, the whole central premise of the game of you being relatively powerless against this alien, but it's a very intimate one-on-one thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And the early, early middle sections of that game nail it so hard. As you creep up on the end, and it's a long game, you get involved in a lot more combat, a lot more forced encounters that sort of take away this really special thing that this game was doing. I understand that they have to mix it up, but Mm -hmm. it felt like it put its foot on the gas so much there. And there were things that it did at the end that I really didn't Mm -hmm. care for. And it's... To say that I was playing a completely different game is not accurate, but it felt so it felt different. Like they made the sequel and put it yeah, in the kind of like <laughs> kind of, and I I think that really took a lot away. Uh, I I wish there was more of that sensation, that fear that I felt at the beginning of of mm-hmm. just fearing one thing. Yeah. I liked. I wonder if they made the game half as long if we'd be getting I think a, so. if we'd be getting an Alien Isolation two now or if we'd have we'd have had one. I think if the know? game is was like half as long, I think it would have been a better game. Mm-hmm. I do, but I still Fair. think it's swimming. I still really want another swimming, one. swimming yeah. hard. Yeah. D- d- oh my god. Do you disagree with of, what what I was saying there? No, I, I think criticism of the game are fair. Uh, totally. You know, I think of I think of Evil Within and me scoring that game really high, and uh, <clears throat> that's. Partly for me, but it's also, I do back it up. You know, I do mm. say those are great games, like Evil Within 1 and 2. Evil Within 1 and 2 are great. Yeah, They're but I, I can see, I can see the criticisms of Alien Isolation, the having to find save spots, and, and the androids, and the melee combat, and kind of where the end goes. Like, I see all those criticisms, and I do accept them. Um, but if you're if you're looking for for some tension... The beginning hours of that game. I mean, even if you're so just intense. an alien fan, the way that they represent that style, mm-hmm. like it's untouchable. Yeah. It really is. It's amazing. Love it. A game that you want to settle into. Opinions, Brad? Let it wrap around um, you like a face hugger. I really don't care about playing this game. <laughs> so does that make us sinking for me then, I, I, I guess? So, but, but there's a lot of things that I love about all the allies, but the like dismissive indifference from Brad. Yeah. It comes at just the right moment sometimes. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't care about playing it. Like, I, I never need to play this game. I'm fine. I think it's a masterpiece. I really do. I really, really do. Masterpiece. Yeah. I think it's I think it's one of the greatest games, like, ever made. That Bring is, it to the Hall of Greats. That is where my level of love is for Alien Isolation. I will say, and I've, I think it's an important part of the sink and swim. And we need to refine this a little bit, but I like, I like the conversation brought forth. Anyway... I, like I want to so, play it again. I want to go back through yeah. it again. I do. I, I think it marries old school and modern game design expertly. Uh, you know, it, it has things I love about old games, like having to find the the safe spots, 
Uh, and it also has like modern game design, easier easier stuff of like you know crafting and and saving and whatever. Do we have to start a position and get another one? Is that what we have to do? Dude, Creative Assembly, man, they're like they said it's not gonna happen. It's pretty Maybe impressive. Happen. That's my my E three dream now. Like that's the one. Fifty thousand dollar Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh, we ready for some emails? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Last segment of the show. If you want to send in an email to have us talk about, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. First one comes in from Andrew. It's a short one. Hey, allies. The opening battle of God of War 3 against Poseidon is a moment that every gamer should experience. What are some other moments that you think everyone else should get? God of War 2, the opening battle versus the Colossus of Rhodes. (laughs) Are there not, not are there non God of War moments? God of War won the battle against the Hydra. Yes. <laughs> I think everybody should experience the beginning of Resident Evil 4. Yes. I think everyone should. That village? It. Yeah. The demo, again, was was that village. I always bring up the Resident Evil 4 demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played that village demo 55 times. Like, so great. Can you count an entire game as a. That defeats the purpose. Because I was going to say, like, Osiris Wrath, Deadly Premonition. Got one. The end of Dragon's Dogma. Everyone should experience oh my God, that. One dude. of the greatest <clears throat> what the fuck moments in yes. games for me. Oh man. I think everyone should play the first Colossi in Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, I agree. That's a good pick, Brad. That's I think everyone should pick. play the first 30 minutes of The Last of Us. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, maybe. Hmm. What else? I think everyone should take a tour of the Spencer Mansion. Take a tour. How do you take a tour? How do you do that? Just walk around. Every single person that plays video games should have to walk around the Spencer Mansion. Okay. If you if you make it out or you don't, it doesn't matter. You just got to get in the door. Just get in the door. Take a look around. Feel That's the atmosphere. it. I think yeah. everyone should experience the time skip moment in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone should experience Psychomantis. Psychomantis, dude, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. I think everyone should gank somebody in World of Warcraft. Yeah. I think <laughs> everyone should play around a Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Everyone yes. needs to throw a Hadouken. Mm-hmm. You yep. need to throw one out. Yep. You throw a Hadouken out. You need to I throw agree. One out. Yep. That's a good that's a good way to do that Brad. throw it out i think everyone should play a match of counter-strike sure 1.6 <laughs> just a match i wonder if you <laughs> gave a hundred people counter-strike who had never played it and the only question you asked them after they throw the match did you enjoy this like what the yeah what the response would yeah. be i think it'd be where more were positive the, where were the guns <laughs> push b one, buy your guns. Buy your guns. Economy. Economy. Yes. <laughs> Four. Man. Three. Why am I struggling to think of moments? So many. Because we don't want to give away the obvious ones. So many. Yeah. Final Fantasy Seven. Bombing mission. Bombing mission and so hype. Yeah, I think that is a moment. I think specifically so the bombing hype. mission. Just anything. Like even just more play than, than Harris. Anything and... from like a Mario game, dude. Yeah, just everyone like should collect. Just play a level. Everyone no. should collect a one up. I think everybody should see the the end of Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think everyone should play every Mario game. 
You have to play them all. Now we're getting every too, we're getting too loose. Yeah. One, two, yeah. three, world, 64, galaxy, galaxy 2. You gotta Forgot play sunshine. them all, baby. Forgot sunshine. Sunshine. You gotta play them all. <laughs> sunshine is so good. Yeah, it was great. Easy Living was so fun with that. All right. Uh, next question comes in from Brandon. He says, hello, everyone. Recently, Quantic Dream released three 30-second trailers about each of the three androids players would control in <clears throat> Detroit. And in the PlayStation blog, it was discussed how each character has music from a different composer to provide a specific mood. That's so cool. So I was curious, what games, Journey for example, utilize music to provide storytelling, mood setting, or a key aspect of a game that primarily is not in the genre with Guitar Hero and Rock Band that stuck out to you. What moments were more memorable because there was music, whether it be a crucial story plot or just randomly playing in the game's world? Once more, thank you again for making my email, for taking my email, and as always, stay easy. Thank um, you, Brandon. That's a great question. The music in Shadow Colossus oh, absolutely. is like super effective. Yes. Uh, I was thinking of Snake Eater, the giant ladder is sure, a yeah. good moment that comes to mind. Snake Eater. But other uh, I moments... think of The Last of Us. When brutal moments go down, or like its use of not only silence for certain moments, but the way it just holds notes, or when when brutal moments go down and it and it just kinda is there in the background. You know, I, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that's finished The Last of Us, but there's a couple key moments in that game that something goes down and just the the little bit of music that's playing is emotional. I think uh, the way Breath of the Wild utilized the music, I love yeah. as well. Yeah. Sure. Those little, yep. depending on what you're fighting. And... Red Dead Redemption 1. Yeah. Gotta bring that up. Mm-hmm. Always riding mm-hmm. back. What a there's moment. A, there's a moment that I feel like is swirling in the back of my mind that I'm going to kick myself over. Oh, uh, specifically the opera scene in Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. The way that they mm-hmm. used that style of music in that moment. Yeah. 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 I also like, uh, we just finished God of War 2. Mm-hmm. I love the way that... You know, it's such a loud game. It's such a big game. It, it, it's There's always some chaos going on or some crazy orchestra, but it does really, really save that classic God of War theme, theme for that. It, you know, it swells up to, to the climax. It's like you're so near the end and that song kicks in. Like, love that. Yeah, it reminds me of like One Winged Angel. Mm-hmm. We fight Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, whoa, dude. Yeah, like we're getting like, there. You got like chorus in the song, like in the game. Like there's like no chorus in that entire game mm-hmm. until you get to that fight. You're just like, what? This is like nothing I've heard so in the entire nuts. game. It's so nuts. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is coming out. Uh, what? WrestleMania. Oh, exactly. Come out WrestleMania. <laughs> Our last email comes in from Jared. He says, hello, gents. I hope this email finds you well. I wanted to ask you all about the rotten tomato effect. And if you believe the principle applies to games as well as movies slash TV. So I admit, I become sort of a snob when it comes to movies in recent years. With very few exceptions, if a movie is very low or rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, I just automatically seem to write it off. There it is. This can happen even for movies I was previously anticipating. 
and may even have a director or actor I really like. But this type of reaction taints it so much where I feel like I've already written it off. I just decide it's not worth my time. My question is, do you think this applies to games as well in the form of places like Metacritic, and is it fair to cast judgment so quickly? Is this ultimately holding people back from trying and experiencing more games? I love how Huber constantly brings up his Swimming in Seventh concept. I think it would actually be fantastic be a fantastic monthly series for you guys i fear that too many people uh overlook these kinds of games that might not review super favorably in mainstream outlets and then can't even find success because of it i'm not saying bad games don't deserve bad reviews but even being a mediocre to average six or seven out of ten game can seem a death warrant in today's landscape what do you guys think thank you jared here's, here's what i want to say yeah Sorry, Brad. No, no, no. You, I mean, you felt was, like you were just about to say something. No, no, I'm with, I'm with you, bro, on this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this used to be a lot more of a problem in games specifically than it is right now. Mm-hmm. My argument for that is I don't think reviews hold as much weight as they used to. Mm, I think for, for video games. For video games. Yes. yes. For movies, I agree with everything that is being said yes. in this email. But for video games, here's why I don't think it's a problem. I think for so many people, and I see it, and I do it myself, that's why I know, is I'll glance at reviews, but in addition to... My like, hey, I'm deciding to play this phase. I will go to streams. I we, we're in a place now where you can see so much of the games from people that you trust that that almost feels more valuable than somebody's interpretation in a short video or a or script with a a score to attach to it where you can really see as much as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's true for a lot of people. I think there are games that have done well in spite of negative reviews because of how successful they've been on places like Twitter. And it's, point. it's easier to find something to latch onto in a video game versus a movie. If the movie has a story that you just don't care about, mm-hmm. it's, it's that's the movie you're watching. You're right. watching a movie about this story, whereas video games have so many mechanics or little things that you can latch on to. It's like, ah, stories aren't that great, but I sure loved hitting things with my hammer. Far like, Cry 5. Yeah, Far Cry 5. Yeah, exactly. And this is going to be a weird thing to say, but, and bear with me here, I feel like for myself, taking a chance on a movie almost seems like more of a commitment. Now, obviously, it's nowhere near as expensive, mm-hmm. but in order to go see a movie in you the gotta theaters, go. I got to get, get in my time. car, I got to go, I got to get the deal tickets, with other people. I got to deal with other people, <laughs> I got to you know, wait in line. If I want to play a game, like, yeah, it might be $60, but I can just download that thing and, mm-hmm. and play, hop yeah. in, yeah. you know? Uh, obviously, I'm very privileged to have like high-speed internet and all of that. I understand I'm coming from a very privileged place, but because of that... Because of that flexibility, I feel more incentivized to try out stuff. Sure. I feel like when it comes to games. And a lot of these things are free. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, but I still, I don't want to undermine the point, though. I think Metacritic is still a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And it's like Rotten Tomatoes. There are so many different metrics and so many different ways people review movies. And that number is just so weird. It's like a movie can have 100% or, or, or a movie can have a 90% or something and like, Certain people think it's the worst movie I've ever made, but then these people think that it's just average, but then it gets 90% because they gave it a favorable review. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so weird. It's like a movie can have a a really low score, but a lot of people were like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. But a movie can have a high score and people were saying the same thing because it's what's fresh. If you have a five point scale and you give it a three stars, your movie is fresh. 
Right. It's just the way they categorize all this. Yeah, the reviews. It just, it's tough. So, just see Pacific Rim Uprising. That's all I got to say. See Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> watch Castlevania and Netflix. <laughs> Brad, does Metacritic influence how you consume games? Nope. Not at all. Don't ever look at yeah. it. Metacritic is... All right, that's going to be. But Run Tomatoes me. is like everywhere. It's unavoidable. I, mean, I don't even want to know putting, the Rotten Tomato score, but I see it everywhere. They're putting it on movies. You know? They put it on the poster. They put it in the commercial. They put it on the trailer. They put it on the internet. They put it. It, it, it finds its way to you. Whereas Metacritic and Open Critic, you kind of have to seek that out. Yeah, it's not It's not as prevalent with games. Yeah. For sure. Uh, it's crazy. You're on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, Michael Huber. They just, you're certified fresh. You're good. But yeah, you're on there too. It's everywhere. We're like not on there yet. Yeah. I feel like I have such a better grasp at like knowing what a game's going to be usually before I play it. So like, I never really need to look at a Metacritic, cause, especially because us, we were like so there yeah. all the time. Like it's, with a movie, it's like, yeah. I can kind of do that There's with a movie too. I kind of know, you know, you, you're, 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 well, I think you make I think it up in your brain of like what you think it's going to be. I mean, I'm definitely more submersed in games than I am with movies. I feel like I have a better sense of what a game is going to be than yeah. a movie is going to be just because that's what I'm more involved in and spend more time with. You are a little bit different. You spend a ton of time in games, obviously, but you're more into movies than <laughs> than I am. Yeah, like who's um, directing it? Who wrote it? Who's What's yeah. really frustrating me with, about me with movies, and it, it happens with games, but I feel like because games are longer and there's more stuff in them, it's less of a big deal. I hate watching trailers, and it's like, there's no point in seeing the movie now. I know mm-hmm. all the twists. Yeah, yep. And so it makes me not want to watch the trailers, which means I have more of a dependence on something True. like Rotten Tomatoes. And that's really frustrating, too. Yeah. And then Pacific Uprising makes a not good looking trailer. Yeah. And you have your your narrative and what you think the movie is going to be. No, Guillermo's gone. There's nobody from really the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, where, <laughs> where's Charlie Hunnam? It's, it's tough. I like those emails a lot. Got some good mm-hmm. responses in yeah. Again, if you'd like to send an email to have us talk about it, it's askeasyalice at gmail.com. Uh, two hours and 40 minutes. A little shorter than normal. Brisk. Brisk. Uh, but I liked the conversations. I hope you all enjoyed the conversations. Thank you so much, panel. Bradley Ellis right next to me. Michael Huber at the end. I hope both of you had a good time. Oh, yeah. Always. If you want to support us, if you're thinking about potentially getting Thank you. Save, Brad saved like my life. Going down. The table's yeah. going down. It's sinking. We've it's been, sinking. We've been Sorry, hitting it. I think. I hit this thing all the time. Yeah, we got to stop doing that. Patreon.com slash easy allies if you want to support the show. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you next time. Thank you.